Hello and welcome to Stupid Sequence, the show where we make a ranked list of things that don't matter because arguing with your friends is fun. I'm your host, Josh. And I'm your host, Scott. We are at episode 19 this week, and we'll start with a quick summary of what the show is. The goal of each episode is to create a ranked list of something, usually media-related. Scott and I will pick a topic before the show and each come prepared with a list of 10. In the first segment, we'll talk about the first five items from our list normally. A little bit different this week. Uh, talk about them in detail, why we feel they fit the list, why they're meaningful to us, or maybe some interesting facts about them. From there, we'll use the second segment to briefly mention the remaining items on our separate list before going head-to-head and arguing over which items belong on the official top 10. This week, we have a special guest. The list size is going to be a little bit different. Uh, we've got my friend, Chris. Hello, hello. Hi, Chris. Excited to be here and argue about some lists. Chris even is my though, friend, not Scott's. I was going to say, <laughs> even though you are Josh's friend, you are also my acquaintance because we have met at least a couple times at this point. Yeah, some, some good board games. Indeed. Pretty much exclusively our time spent together has been board games. Yeah, it's almost, it's almost like that's what Josh likes. Yeah, we got some digital board game times during full-on pandemic lockdown as well. That was fun. That was fun. Some games were better than other. <laughs> That's true. Very true. So this week's topic, we are talking about... Uh, Chris, why don't you tell us, because this was your, your fault, this is your idea, so uh, you get to tell us what it is. Yeah, sure, sure. So we were recently uh, bemoaning how long runtimes in movies got, which led uh, me to thinking uh, about the best tight 90 movies, movies that are, you know, an hour and a half... And uh, what what are the what are those best movies? What are those? What does that look like? Yeah, so best movies under ninety minutes that we're looking at here. So I found that there were an unfortunate amount of movies that were like ninety two minutes, yeah. and I was like, no, I can't make my list. I love this movie though. So many of uh, my my early looks and stuff were just not not even eligible. It was a bummer. And then a movie I watched for this turned out to be way longer, but it was still a good movie and also not eligible. I, uh, I found when I was looking through lists to try to determine like what's eligible and what's not, uh, it's kind of like a like block of three types of movies here. It's most frequently animated movies, yep. comedies, and horror movies. Yep. Yeah. Uh, That's like 95% right. of movies under 90. A lot of foreign films. Yeah. Not many, not many that I had seen, though. Also, yeah. Yeah, most of my experience with foreign films is stuff that is a lot longer than 90. Like your various uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and whatnot. Parasite. Hey, Parasite's really good. I've not watched it yet. I still gotta get to it. Highly recommend. It's it's on Um, my uh, my HBO list right now, so... But that's longer than 90 minutes, so... it is, I checked. uh, (laughs) Before we start in, I like, you know, frequently Scott and I like to do a bonus side list, so I'm just going to do my very short bonus side list here of movies that I absolutely love that were just slightly too long to make it. Oh, okay. Uh, I put put four down here. Uh, This is uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Mm. possibly my favorite comedy film of all time, but is too long. Just a beautiful movie. Uh, Raising Arizona, another one of my favorite comedies. Also Meh. too long. Fargo. Uh, not, not one that fits really any of the uh, categories I mentioned before. I had, didn't realize it was just a little bit, little bit too long. Oh, is it? Yeah, sense. it's like 92 minutes or something. Uh, and then Monsters, Inc. also. Yeah. A little bit too long. Anybody else have any that were a little bit too long that they remember? 
Uh, I did have one I was really bummed out, but I can't remember it right now. Let me see if I can quick see it. I'm going to withhold information. Oh, okay. Intentionally. Interesting. Interesting. Because I don't want to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we'll find out later on that point, I guess. Oh, you will. Uh, Chris, if you remember it, I'll I'll, I'll, bring it up. It'll probably come back to me about, you know, halfway through. So, yeah, that's how that goes. Uh, well, why edit, don't we get started edit in post and it's just going to be like <laughs> him talking about once, but he's going to be like, saw, and it's not going to sound <laughs> anything like the context. And you're like, oh, really? That movie? Oh, interesting. You have little faith in my editing skills. I uh, have little faith in his voice acting skills. Oh, okay. Uh, well, why don't we get started skills. then? We're going to dive right into our top four since we have uh, four items from each of us gets us at 12. Uh, our, our impartial third party for this week uh, did tell us we have one duplicate in the top six, so we're actually going to have 11 items here that we're probably going to be arguing over for the final list. But impartial let's get started with fourth party. Scott's fourth party, yeah, sure. So, Scott, you're number four. Let's go. Oh, number four. Uh, Josh, you've seen this movie. Maybe uh, you'd like to tell people about it, because I'm sure it's also on your list. My mm. number four is Airplane. That is, in fact, on my list. That's a good pick. That is my number one. Yeah, not a huge surprise with that either. So why don't I just go ahead and say, yes, we are starting with number one because Airplane, man, what a great movie. And I I will say this is one of the most quotable movies uh, on my list. Although looking through this, the top four that I did pick are movies that I personally frequently quote. Oh, it's, yeah, absolutely. It is not just this movie, and that, in my mind, is one major sign of a really good movie. If it's requotable, if it's rewatchable, yeah. if I'm more than willing to sit through it over and over and over again, obviously, pretty darn good movie. And this has it in spades. Has some of my favorite scenes, some of my favorite lines, you know, I, I picked the wrong week to start stop sniffing glue. Like, <laughs> I, I, you know how often I say that? I said it last week. Anytime it just, I, uh, it, sorry, it comes up. Anytime I spill, if I have a drinking problem, you know, classic. Exactly. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. The uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar scene, also <laughs> one of my favorite scenes. I, I love that they threw him in this movie, and, and he's clearly just not that good of an actor, but in, in that scene, it was... Just perfect. My dad says you, you don't hustle. You're Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. Oh, what you talking about, kid? Huh. Yeah. The, Everyone in a line slapping the crap out of that one lady. Yeah. yeah. Smoking or non-smoking? Smoking. And he hands it ticket, and it's, it's on fire. <laughs> or it's like smoking. <laughs> oh, man. I, it, do we want to have a quote off? Is that what this episode is going to become? Because I could very easily I, turn I this have... whole conversation into that. Otherwise, for, for my top fours, for my top fours, I have a section that I've, I tried to restrict myself to a limited amount of my favorite lines from each of the movies. I'm not going so. to limit myself. In fact, I'm okay. going to indulge as much as possible because, yeah, this is uh, this is going to become a quote fest. I'm I'm just telling you right now. But so this movie in general, one of the very first parody style movies uh, of its kind and. The way that it's done, it's got the perfect cast. Robert Hayes does amazing. Julie Haggerty, Leslie Nielsen, 
which, spo- no, kind of a pre-spoiler that you will never guess. Leslie Nielsen appears on my list again. Kareem oh. Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> just perfect cameo appearance in that one. Yes, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Oh, and don't call me Shirley. But, Josh, it's your number one, so I'll concede some time to you. What, what do you have to say about this movie? Uh, I think this is genuinely one of the funniest movies of all time, a personal favorite. Uh, it's directly parodying 1970s Airport uh, and more broadly parodying the disaster movie boom of the 70s. You know, stuff like Poseidon Adventure or The Towering Inferno. Um, that, that was a genre that really hit big in the 1970s. And then this movie is kind of just making fun of all of those. Uh, your basic plot for the movie is pretty simple. The in-flight meal on this airplane is bad, and the entire crew f- crew gets food poisoning, and they must rely on Ted Stryker, ex-fighter pilot with a fear of flying and a quote-unquote drinking problem <laughs> to save the day. Uh, the drinking problem, which we've referenced before, is anytime he tries to take a drink, he just splashes it all over his face. A literal problem with drinking. Uh, that's the kind of humor. If you haven't seen this movie, that's the kind of humor you can expect. It's very, uh, very dry, very... Uh, uh just it is unending also snippy lines you do not just you never catch a break it is everything is comedy in this movie the entire movie's the gag it's great that's because that's leslie nielsen's shtick well here's the thing he doesn't say anything serious here's the thing we talked a little bit about the cast a minute ago they intentionally cast non-comedic actors for this movie. Now, nowadays, we know Leslie Nielsen as someone primarily known for a lot of comedies. Up to before Airplane, this is like his first real comedy role. I did not know he was that. Not, yeah, he was not known for comedies before this and had kind of been interested in getting into it. They ended up casting him in this movie, and that just like re-pivoted his whole career. I mean, right, way into, to land it, though. What a, what a, yeah. what a debut for comedy. Yeah, you, like you, from this, he goes on to stuff like the Naked Gun movie, yeah. Dracula Dead and Loving It, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Um, and another movie that appears on my list that you won't know. Okay, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> Such mystery. Uh, one thing I learned while doing research for this episode, uh, they originally <laughs> wanted Christopher Lee for Nesli- Leslie Nielsen's part, and I cannot imagine that. Oh my God. I, neither can You I want to talk about serious cannot. actors? Yeah, no, I cannot yeah. imagine that. Apparently, he turned them down. <laughs> That's smart. <laughs> Uh, like I love Christopher Lee, but I can't imagine him in this. No, I mean he's do- I mean he's got a clear sense of humor. He does a metal band, for sure. So uh, also another thing that I find very funny in this, there is uh, a small appearance from a uh, very young Jonathan Banks, who you may remember as Mike from Breaking Bad. I, I'd be honest, Mike. I was I was looking that up as you were talking about it, and I was going to bring that up real quick. I did not know that. That's so crazy. Yeah, he he's in he's on screen for a grand total of like three or four minutes, I think, and only gets a couple of lines. That's, but that's pretty good. Uh, it's very funny to see him there in a movie from you know forty three years ago. Yeah, uh, if you do, if you already have seen this movie and you love it, or if you watch it after this and you and, and you enjoy it, I highly recommend. Uh, Will Harris wrote an article on AV Club a number of years ago called "Surely You Can't Be Serious: An Oral History of Airplane," and that is fascinating about just a discussion with the creators on like how this movie got made in the first place it's, it's very very interesting stuff Ner- nervous yes first time no i've been nervous lots of times <laughs> uh I, there is a sequel to this movie airplane 2 it's not great uh isn't it in different. outer space yeah they try to they take it in a sci-fi direction and and it doesn't it doesn't land anywhere near this first one is uh we didn't mention I don't think that um, this movie is directed and written by Jim Abrahams, Jerry Zucker, and David Zucker. 
yeah, they weren't, they neglected to be involved, or neglected, they declined to be involved in the second movie. But yeah, uh, that's most of the information I have here. I do want to go through some of my favorite lines. Um, you know, the, of go course, the number one all-time classic, Surely You're Not Serious, I Am Serious and Don't Call Me Shirley, uh, from Leslie Nielsen. Uh, recurring joke throughout the movie where the various conversations like this come up. You better tell the captain we've got to land as soon as we can. This woman is to, uh, has to be gotten to a hospital. A hospital? What is it? It's a big building with patients, but that's not <laughs> important right now. Uh, that comes up a lot. Um, the whole Kareem Abdul-Jabbar bit we talked about. I love uh, that bit so much. It's like much. I picked the wrong week to stop sifting glue. Uh, we have got the uh, characters, the flight crew of the plane that is present in the earlier parts of the movie are uh, named Captain Over, Roger, and Victor. So leading to a bunch of wordplay around, you know, um, you know, we're ready to take off, Over. And the captain goes, what? <laughs> what what's uh, your vector, Victor? What's your vector, Victor? Or, uh, uh, you know, anytime anyone says Roger, which is a lot, he's also like, huh? So they just, they do some real, like, who's on first type of stuff with that. that I it's really very enjoy. nice. It's very nice. Uh, you, and the last one I'm going to mention is the uh, woman who keeps thinking about her husband. Jim never has coffee at home. <laughs> uh, and things like that. Ultimately culminating in Jim never vomits at home. <laughs> you forgot about the most important character in the movie, by the way. Okay. The is autopilot. That... Oh, the oh, autopilot yeah. is something. He is he's pivotal to that movie. Uh, just a blow a, up doll. Just a blow yeah. up doll. It's so stu- it looks wow. like a kid's looks like a kid's blow up doll. It's the dumbest. Like a punching bag thing. Yeah, yeah I like love it. Like, it's such a dumb yeah. gag. It's very sick. A lot of great sight gags in this movie. As I well. really like the uh and this is the last one I'll put on here, but we regret any inconvenience the sudden cabin cabin movement may have caused. This is due to periodic air pockets we encountered. There's no reason to become alarmed, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your flight. By the way, is there anyone on board who knows how to fly a plane? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Uh, fantastic, all-time classic. Well, I I put it on here for myself. It is not my favorite movie under ninety minutes. However, it is a very good movie under ninety minutes. Obviously, since I named it number four, but I knew full well that having put this on my list, it was going to be on your list, and I had a feeling it might be number one. And well, it just kind of worked out that way. Yeah, you found me out immediately. That's okay. Maybe we should jump over to Chris then, since he did not have Airplane on his list. I did not. Yeah, Chris, what do you got for your number four? My number four yeah. is the Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, that's Ooh. a good movie. I uh, almost, that is on my I honorable almost mentions. Had, yeah, it's on my honorable mentions, too. Uh, this movie, I, I loved it as a kid, because, you know, Muppets. And I didn't really kind of get back to this movie until I... Uh, started dating my wife. Her mom is a huge uh, uh, Dickens Christmas Carol nut. She has like most of them on uh, DVD. It's pretty impressive. It's a great story. Yeah, it is. And it's a pretty impressive collection. But uh, they would always watch Muppet Christmas Carol. And I was, you know, rewatching it a bunch there. And I was like, man, this movie does slap. Especially as you're older and you realize just how much work it is to do most of these shots. You're just... The puppetry? The puppetry... The set work, the resizing everything, just, and you know, it's, that's what I like about this movie, it's, it's 92, and uh, it was Brian Henson's first time directing, and he just crushed it. 
Chris, I'm going to interject here. Sure, sure. Um, and just say how glad I am to have you on the podcast so we can finally get some actual real Muppet appreciation around here. Jesus last Christ. last time I brought the Muppets up a number of episodes ago, no one liked my Muppet pick. That well, was a very specific instance where you were trying no to argue. No one respected Rolf. Rolf is not the best fictional dog in the He's world. He's so good. No, he is <laughs> underwhelming as a Muppet character, and as far as a fictional dog, is just p- pales in comparison to uh, Snoopy and I mean, anyone. Yeah. I mean, no. Gromit, I, right? I, let, what, who else are we going to mention here? Clifford, even, I would say, is better than Rolf, ooh, right? Like, no. this is... Slander. Why are you even bringing this up right now? All right, you're just going to embarrass yourself again. Your wife and I, I already slapped you down on this. I got to be go honest. Ahead. I'm absolutely 100% with Scott here. Rolf, boom. a great dog. A great dog. An amazing boom, boom. Muppet. But not the not one of the best fictional dogs. I love him so much. He's, anyway, continue. He's great. Continue with your list. You're, you're right. I'm here. Uh, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, Michael Caine basically was like, yeah, I'm going to play this super straight and serious. And everyone's like, yep, great. Love it. And uh, how can you not love Michael Caine? It's great. And then what I didn't find out until I was a little bit older is that they cut an entire song for this. Um, and then that was the, thea- the theatrical release. It was a song um, sung by his love, Belle, when he, it goes back in time after the first ghost. And uh, they decided it was too sad, too sad for kids. So they cut it, but then put it in all the other later releases. Interesting enough, the Disney Plus version has the cut. It cut the song. Interesting. Yeah, which is a bummer because it's a good song. It's sad. That's what, you know, they're not wrong. It's about a a love that didn't make it because both people, you know, somebody wasn't getting it at all. So it's, you know, sad, but it's not like too sad. Sure. But there are some very good songs overall in this. The whole the whole movie, it's just such a good energy. I watch it every Christmas now. I uh, I got to watch it for the first time with Evie, my kid, and she was way into it. And, you know, just great. 10 out of 10. Great family movie. Super easy to watch and just everyone loves it. I will the- admit that I Ooh. have probably not seen this movie in like 20 years. Oh, man. That is a shame. I, I loved it. You know, I, I saw it probably when I was like 13 last and i loved it but i just haven't had the opportunity to watch it again my wife also very much loves this movie and we watch it every year of course at christmas but it is also one of the few christmas movies that i i can stand to watch when it's not christmas time and i feel like that says a lot about the movie itself. yeah yeah i agree with that it's just a good movie mm-hmm and top, top ten Christmas movies. Yeah, Maybe and that's a future list. In the you know the spirit huh. of the the theme of the list, it clips. That's what the best thing I can say about almost all these movies is that you know they're moving. Whether it's good or bad, oh, yeah. the movie moves, and it's just gonna keep on. It you know it's 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 such a quick watch. It's so easy to enjoy. Yeah, I, I definitely have some items on my list that uh, really move, and I notably have one item that I would mm. say doesn't really move for very intentional reasons that we'll get to okay rizzo's one of my favorite characters from this yeah the, the rizzo's very good rizzo's amazing the the gonzo as the narrator uh with rizzo playing you know the uh, kind of audience surrogate straight man is delightful uh kermit is bob cratchit of course perfect and then you get a bunch of great stuff with piggy mm-hmm. so just super good and it's just oh, my- yeah good 
Yeah, Michael Caine's performance, though, like in that super serious way, like you were saying, it the way that he delivers his lines at some point, it as somebody who has been in this play before, oh, nice. it it makes me feel like, wow, this is this is how it could have been done. Like the the way he delivers them, the way that he brings new life into the way that the words are actually meant to be spoken in this play. I, I think it's incredible, and he just, it's a, an amazing performance. And I wouldn't be surprised if he was at least nominated for an award for that. I, I hadn't looked that up, but I wonder he, if he uh, was. He is one of my favorite Scrooges, I will say, after seeing, seeing a bunch of these uh, different Christmas carols. Uh, he's definitely one of my favorite Scrooges. He, I feel he's the most believable of just like, dude worked hard, got a lot of money, and then kind of forgot the whole reason why you get money, and just... I uh, I have a special place in my heart for the Patrick Stewart version as well. Mm, that's mm. also quite good. There's a lot of really good Scrooges. I I also really like the Scrooge from Doctor Who, but that's a different that that Doctor Who episode is a very good Doctor Who episode. It is a very good one. One of the only good Christmas specials on Doctor Who. There's a lot of bad ones. I've mm, caught many yes. of the bad ones. Yeah, my uh, my father-in-law okay. has them on almost any any time we're over for Christmas and. Some of them are a thing. Some of them sure are. Hmm. We're not getting into that right now. <laughs> no. I, feel, I feel like there's a, a Christmas First 10 episodes related... of Doctor Who. No. Oh boy, that could well, be something. Hmm. No. Well, all right. I'm not going to say anything about that. But a Christmas-themed episode I could definitely see in our future. Sure. Maybe around hmm. Christmas time. We got some time before that. Chris, if you're, uh, if you're sufficiently good with... Yeah. That pick. Okay. Well, then maybe we move on to Josh's number four. Yeah. My number four is a movie I know you have both seen. Doubtful. This is uh, 1995 Toy Story. Ah. The first one. This, uh, what did I have this one? I had this at number seven. Ah, okay. So it didn't quite make the official list, but. No, no. But, uh, definitely worth noting. I've seen yeah, this movie. I. I love Toy Story. Uh, I I will admit I've not seen the fourth one. So I've heard it's maybe not stellar, but uh, I love. Uh, I enjoyed the this fourth first one, one. I saw this is the Toy Story one is one of the movies I the earliest movies that I have memory of seeing in a theater. Really, uh, this movie came out when I was five, uh, and I remember going to see it in the theater and uh, loved it ever since. I generally genuinely consider it to be one of the greatest animated movies ever made. Uh, it's a really great idea for a movie, you know, if somehow you're not familiar with Toy Story, you know, the concept being that toys that are alive and know that they're toys, uh, Buzz, Buzz Lightyear is, uh, joins the crew here when he's purchased for Andy, and he believes he's a real spaceman. Interestingly, I found uh, uh, Disney actually rejected early versions of the movie for not being edgy enough. Interesting. So they actually like some of the darker elements of this movie were added later, like you know, some of this, like, like Sid. Sid torturing the toys and mm. stuff were added later to kind of um, you know, make it a little bit less kiddie, I guess. Uh, but I think all that stuff works really well. Um, eventually, what they landed on the core tenet of the film being that the toys want to be played with and loved by children, and then I think you know that that becomes a pretty big theme for this the series, especially that second movie. Um, that's like the the real deep dive on that in the second movie. I felt like the third movie touched on that even more. Yeah, the, you know, like I said, it's a it's a, it's a major theme. You know, I maybe not the, the fourth one. I don't know. Yeah, but I also have not seen the fourth one yet. I've been waiting to watch it. I'd I'll see it if I were you. Point. 
Oh, I'm definitely going to watch it. It's on Disney Plus, and I, I'm running out of stuff to watch. <laughs> uh, I think the cast here is absolute pure gold. You know, Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, Don Rickles, uh, R.I.P. Don Rickles, uh, as the Mr. Potato Head. We got Jim Varney as Slinky Dog, Wallace Shawn as Rex the Dinosaur. Uh, and this movie started uh, John Ratzenberger's streak of being in every Pixar movie that continued through 2020. I mean, it also made Pixar, uh, you know, a uh, household name. House, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is uh, is directed by John Lasseter, who's a former animator at Disney. Uh, he had uh, years previously pitched them The Brave Little Toaster. Uh, Which is a great movie. Idea. Uh, originally a book, apparently. Um but he got rejected and eventually fired from Disney. Um, he ended up starting Pixar years, uh, contributing to starting Pixar years later, and ironically ended up working with Disney again on this movie. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, notable screenwriting credits here. Uh, there's a team of writers that put this together, but uh, Andrew Stanton is one of the writers here who has written or at least worked on most Pixar movies to date. He's been around, he's been there forever, and uh, Joss Whedon also contributed to this. That's uh, true. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if I knew that. The soundtrack here is absolutely iconic. You know, Randy Newman put that together. Very distinctive sound. And you got a friend in me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Certainly one of one of the most memorable movie uh, movie songs. Certainly in a kid's animated movie, I think ever. It's got to be up there. Top 10 most memorable songs in kids animated movies. This has a 100 percent approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, as it should. Yeah, that checks out. This is very good. Uh, it was the highest grossing film domestically of 1995. I believe uh, worldwide it was only beaten by Die Hard 3. Um, and then uh, uh, was inducted into the Library of Congress in 2005. In my opinion, this is still a top five Pixar movie. Do you, uh, do you know why you never see the mom's uh, like more than her torso, pretty much, or her face or anything? In the, uh... Why is that? Because they couldn't afford to render it and like get it to work. Yeah. And that's why I know if you go all of if Andy's you go back and look at the birthday, friends, yeah, or just Andy, because that's all they could, <laughs> yep. have, yeah, it's all they could do, just yeah. copies of Andy again. And Sid looks very similar to Andy. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it's so, pretty incredible. Uh, you go back to that movie and look at Sid's dog, and then go look at like Up. It's just it's oh, crazy yeah. how far they've come. Four, Fourteen year difference. There Even really looking at Sid's difference. dog in one versus two, there's oh, a significant yeah. difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few of my favorite lines here, uh, Rex early in the movie saying, what if Andy gets another dinosaur? A mean one. I don't think I can take that kind of rejection. <laughs> um, uh, you have the, of course, the classic Buzz Lightyear to infinity and beyond. Uh, and then my other one I have is uh, when he, when Buzz Lightyear first shows up and pops the wings out and everything and Ham goes, wow, impressive wingspan. Very good. <laughs> one of my favorite lines from that one is, uh, Woody's looking for his hat, and Rex comes up and says, I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> yeah, that that is also good. I, all the time, but we will say that. Very, Hard very time. iconic set of characters that they establish here. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, not a bad one among the bunch. So, yeah. But, yeah, that's Toy Story. I love this movie, and it's my number four. It's a, it's a pretty good movie. And it clicks. Pretty not, good. It, not on my top list. And the movie but. just moves, man. Introduce the premise, and it's just go. Mm-hmm. It's a classic. Yep. I will I'll give you that. It is a classic. Well, why don't we go on from here to Scott, your number three. 
Number three from me with a runtime of one hour and 29 minutes, written and directed by Mike Judge, we have Office Space. Ooh, okay, nice one. On the honorable mentions list as well. Very, very good movie. And as somebody who has worked in a number of offices, the amount of stuff that happens in this movie that is still relatable to this day is incredible. Real quick, I'm going to interject here. Office Space was on my honorable mentions list immediately next to Muppet Christmas Carol, ironically enough. Okay, then. I thought it was funny. Well, that just means that we're all kind of on the same wavelength roughly here when it comes to movies under 90 minutes. That, and there's only so many movies under 90 minutes. There's a bunch of them. There's a bunch, but also... How many good ones are there? Kind of way less than I thought, too. There's at least four. (laughs) Wait, not a ton of recent ones. No. Also... Uh, everything in my list is from the 90s. So this movie has quite the cast as well, and in a lot of ways they were lesser known at the time. We have Ron Livingston, Jennifer Aniston's in this movie, Stephen Root, uh, Diedrich Bader, Gary Cole, John C. McGinley, who plays Dr. Cox on Scrubs, is in this movie, Michael Excellent. McShane, David Herman. And so, again, this movie extremely quotable right you got the tps reports you got the yeah uh, i'm I'm gonna need you to come in tomorrow it's the jump to conclusions matt that's the jumps to conclusions matt he made a prototype i i just every time i see that i think why but that's the beauty of it the the amount of humor in this movie that is just bland and boring and just so blase the whole time it fits perfectly with the overall mantra of the movie so let me back up here again for a second for those who haven't seen this movie we have uh the cast is all part of this one office in in a tech and they are in uh a very boring office setting they're done with the woes of the day they don't really care about their job they're just biding time before they need to get home right you know it's oh it's 8 30 that means i only got seven and a half hours before i can go home oh okay and of course this is a repeating theme throughout the whole thing but as a result of some inefficiencies within the company they bring in these two guys the bobs and they are doing third-party interviews of everyone within the company to determine who's actually contributing in a meaningful way. And of course, the managers are assuming they're going to chop some of the dead weight, but what they actually find is that some of the laziest people are some of the best candidates for management, and I think we see that quite a bit through this movie. Doesn't he also get? I haven't seen the movie in a while, but doesn't he also get hypnotized at like a therapy session? And that's what yeah. Kind of, so that's the catalyst, or right? Something so like? that's yeah. I'm gonna back up here for a second. So Peter, the main character, right? He's going to this session. He gets hypnotized. He doesn't get broken out of the hypno, uh, hypnosis because the hypnotist, I believe, he had a heart attack and fell Peter. on stage, and as a result, he's being tended to. But Peter doesn't get snapped out of it, and he's just like. There's, I, have not, I have not a care in the world. Everything is perfect. You know what? My whole life has meaning now. And yeah, it's, uh, it, it leads to him having an amazing conversation with the Bobs, which, of course, then they're like, oh, yeah, no, he's got management written all over him. But 
that uh yeah that uh overall tone of the movie of him not giving a crap like suddenly he's mr confident and talking to that girl that he he thinks is cute the waitress right at the uh uh at the tgi fridays and of course. of course it's jennifer aniston and that well i guess it wasn't tgi fridays technically was it it was uh, a different restaurant. But... Legally distinct. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. TGI Fridays. It's... That's what they're but going it, for. That Bennigan's But it style. was TGI Fridays. Oh, man. Bennigan's. I haven't been there in yeah. forever. It's the reason they yeah. kind of stopped, stopped doing them. Yeah. Fun fact. Office Space actually inspired TGI Fridays to do away with its flair <laughs> as a result of this movie. So that's pretty cool. Uh, a couple other key things about this movie right he's he's living his life he's enjoying himself and you know things start to look up because he's so positive all the time great and as a result of that they they get into a scheme they think they're gonna start stealing money from the company but it's not really stealing it's more like a rounding error and they figure oh in time it'll make them a decent amount of money except it makes a lot of money in a very short period of time and suddenly they want to figure out how to reverse it give it all back Right as they're about to do something about it, they realize they don't have to because the entire building has burned down, which is a result of somebody having stolen his stapler. Uh, Milton's character, the the guy that is obsessed with his red swing line stapler, is a good stapler. I mean, his character is is just perfect. The way that it's portrayed, it's. It's very subtle. It's comedic in the way that it delivers. I, I really like there there was one point, of course, where he's he's on the phone and he's just like, Oh, I, I, I don't care if they lay me off. I I I told him if they move my desk one more time that I'm quitting. I'm I'm just gonna quit and and I, I told this other guy and they already moved my desk four times this year and it, like they keep <laughs> they keep moving his desk around and you know they they switched from swing line to Boston staplers, but I kept my swing line stapler, and you know it doesn't bind up as much. And he's just on the phone with some person talking, 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 and he's he's uh he's like, oh, you know, if they if they take my stapler, then I'm just gonna set the whole building on fire. But like that, he says it jokingly, but like kind of seriously at the same time. And then at another point, he mutters under his voice, he's like, "You move my desk one more time, let's set this building on fire." And then later on, the building gets set on fire. Stephen Root, one of uh, one of the all-time great character actors. Yeah, very, very good. Big fan. Watched him tonight in an episode of Barry before we recorded the podcast. Oh, nice. So a couple other uh, key things from this movie. You have, what would you do with a million dollars? Two chicks at once. Like, it's just like... Why? Why why is that your answer? I love it though. It's so dumb. And then the uh of course the copy machine destruction scene is still an iconic all-time and because everybody knows of a at least a printer in their office that's like sure. It's like trying to center yourself. You're like, I am not going to destroy this piece of machinery despite my best efforts. As people who have repaired printers in the past, Chris and I yeah. know that from the other side of things as well. Sometimes you just, just got to hit them, though. 
the way that every character is created in this entire movie it's just so relatable you can find examples of each of these people in our own lives especially if you've been in a decent sized office and yeah with with the relatability i mean this movie's from 1999 still very relatable still very quotable i mean it came up literally earlier today somebody was talking about uh, staplers because we needed them for this charity thing we were doing and yeah they started quoting that movie i i will say I do enjoy this movie, but uh, I came to it very late. I didn't see this till probably like 10 years after it came out, and it had perhaps been overhyped to me at that point. By the time I saw it, I watched it and I went, that was a good time. I don't think it's like one of the best comedies I've ever watched, but it was a good time. Yeah, that's. I think to the movie's credit, it gets so much hype because of its relatability. While it sure. is, it's a funny movie, it does get blown up for how you know how hilarious and amazing movie is it's just a very relatable movie which is you know a good thing scott thinks it's one of the greatest comedies of all time though i think it's one of the best comedies on oh it's list. very funny but you know it's yeah, also it's, funny. it's like also it. playing to that relatability where if you if you know it, it hits so hard for some people because it's like oh no i've been in an office for a while and it's just it's just soul sucking just <laughs> absolutely I'll soul say- sucking it exists in a similar space in my brain as like um, Hot Tub Time Machine and The Hangover as movie comedies no, that like what? I watched and I enjoyed, but they were like way overhyped for me. Okay. See, no, I, I get I can't you, I put it get, in that category. Yeah, it's weird. I'm not saying the quality. No, no, I'm no. I'm saying the quality of all those movies are the same, but I had a, a similar experience with all three of those movies. Fair enough. Okay. Office Space is the best one of those three. I don't know who you who's hyping up movies to you. It's such a a weird. Yeah, thing who hyped up the Hangover? Because the Hangover is exactly what it looks oh, the like. The Hangover, the Hangover was wildly popular at the time. Oh my god, that's that fair. Was everywhere. I did enjoy it very much the first time I saw it. Same, but not a lot of rewatchability in that movie. No. My my guess is I probably would have a, had a similar experience with Borat if I'd ever watched Borat. You've never seen Borat? No, it was absolutely ruined for me beyond a shadow of a doubt by everyone in my college dorm. Hmm. That was, I, I was, uh, that was my, my first uh, semester at college. It was right around when that movie came out, and I heard my wife and all the Borat lines. Very nice. Dozens of time per day, per, times per day for you know, months. And Josh, that, I, I get uh, what you're talking about here because that Napoleon uh-huh. Dynamite was done that way for me. Sure. I, I, I get, I, I get don't, it. yeah, I, the people love it. I'm like, I don't get it. I love Napoleon Dynamite dearly. It landed for me at the time, but anybody who tells me they don't like it, I'm like, yeah, that, I totally understand. Yeah. I like that it's a movie that doesn't really have a plot. I mean, there's a loose thing going on but I mostly just love it because Uncle Rico is great that movie paved the way for stupid plotless movies to really exist in that space and then for the next five years that's all we saw from comedy and the other one none of the other ones were good I would argue Napoleon Dynamite's also not that great I I really like it I enjoy it but it's not that great well you got anything else for uh, for your number three here Scott Office Space no, I, I will say that Office Space is is just a, a great movie, and for those who haven't seen it, I won't overhype it, but definitely go see it, especially it's if worth you watching. work in any kind of office environment. 
It's definitely worth watching. It holds up. Yep. Oh, yeah. It's one of the few comedy movies that actually does hold up. I mean, we're talking 24 years, nearly 25 years later. Definitely holds up. Well, Chris, why don't we go over to your number three next? Sure, sure. Uh, So, also a comedy. Also from uh, 1999. uh, South Park, Bigger, Longer, Uncut. Okay. Man. This was a close one. You're preaching to the choir here with Scott. Oh, yeah. Close one for me. And I was literally singing Brian Boitano earlier today. Okay, keep going. Go ahead. Well, I, real quick. One, I love this movie. I have a Brian Boitano fact. Apparently, he uh, reached out to Trey and Matt uh, Parker, the Matt Trey Parker, Matt Stone, the director of the movie. In case you don't know, they make South Park. Uh, they reached out. Brian Boitano reached out to get permission to uh, use that phrase on a T-shirt for charity. Apparently. No, okay. So That's amazing. I also had to look up Brian Boitano because I, I never really got the joke as a kid. He's just a really good male figure skater. Figure skater, yeah. Sure. One of the uh one of the first five men to win uh gold medal for male figure skating for the US. So I had certainly not heard of Brian Boitano before uh South Park. Yeah, me either. He did two t- two South Cows and a triple lutz while wearing a blindfold. <laughs> That's true. Oh, delightful movie. So the whole point of the movie is the kids watch a, a naughty R-rated movie of T- uh, Terrence and Philip. They're in they're in universe South Park essentially, and it corrupts them all in swearing, and that leads to a war in Canada, which then leads to uh, the devil and Saddam Hussein being resurrected, and then disappearing. Is this the introduction of Terrence and Philip to South Park, or are they around before that? They were along way before that. Okay, it's been a long, long time since I watched any South Park. I've actually, so I did not remember. Recently, restarted going through a bunch of them because they're on HBO, and I've just been watching stuff. But yeah, well, there's a lot this, of a lot of lot of good episodes. A lot of you can just yeah, cherry pick, and move around. The movie itself is an interesting thing that they've done because they they almost did a little bit of a reset on the actual episodes of South Park. Because in the beginning of this movie, it's like, oh, they they don't swear. They're relatively innocent kids, if not, you know, little jerks, but relatively innocent. And then they go see this movie and suddenly they have yep. all these phrases and swear words. It's like, oh, that's where it came from. It's, But it's not really like canon. I, I don't know. It's, it's like a standalone thing, but it's also not. I, it's very bizarre. This is also like only a few years into the show being out, right? Oh, uh, only a couple. Yeah, I think. Oh, After th- two, three 97 seasons. is the first season, so yeah, only a couple years. So uh, the show blew up really fast. Uh, in in reference to the profanity, uh, this movie is cited with 399 swear words, uh, mm-hmm. with 146 of them being the word "fuck." So yep. yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. Uh, I didn't realize this movie was the uh, highest-grossing R-rated animated film until in Sausage Party. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I think I've not think seen about Sausage it. Party, so I Me have either. no opinion there. How many R-rated animated movies were out before this? I couldn't tell you. I didn't look up that part. I don't think I. I can't imagine it was very many. And that kind of this this kind of kicks off a bunch of various animated shows. You know, it's not certainly not the first. Oh yeah, but, uh, it kicks off like a bunch of adult animated shows, adult oriented animated shows having movies that came out came to theaters. So I, My, uh... I have a personal sweet spot for the Aqua Teen movie. Hmm. I like that one. So uh, everything on my list, I recently rewatched to uh, prepare for this. Um, That's dedication. 
That's that sounds like somebody who isn't on an episode of the show every other week. <laughs> <laughs> You're, that's very correct. Uh, so I recently... question: Have you seen The Godfather? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> not in forever. Not since film class. Uh, we have not. Neither one of us has seen The Godfather. And... I mean, it's, it's so culturally relevant. You know everything. Like you know. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But... <sighs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, so interesting. Rewatch South Park, and it was uh, came out in '99. You know, only uh, two years before the entire country of the U.S. gets changed forever uh, and becomes sure. a very pro-war um, number one thought and focus in a lot of people's minds after uh, 9/11. Uh, very large anti-war movie, which is interesting, um, and just uh, people. It, the whole point about people overreacting to certain thing. And blaming groups and going after things instead of just, you know, working with your kids and trying to solve the problem. I just thought the themes of the movie still, you know, absolutely resonate. Plus, pretty relevant. Pretty good musical. Got a, got an, uh, was it an Emmy, I think? Emmy? Let me look here. What? Yeah, they, uh, Trey Parker, Matt Stone went on to History of Musical, uh, put a bunch of things out, you know, Book of Mormon, of course. Yes. And still haven't seen that at least person, one of but I've one. heard very good things about it. This also has one of my favorite lines in the entire thing where they're working with the little French kid trying to <laughs> break their way in the and mole go- going yep. through the list. Yeah. The mole, the mole, and they're, they're going through all the, the lists of, did you bring the rope? Yes. Did you bring the butt for what's a butt for, but pooping silly. And these, <laughs> he just throws a cigarette and they keep, he's like, let's go. I'm like, Oh my God. Cannibal the musical, uh, that's what I was thinking of. It's like a dad joke. I tried to play that on my kids, it didn't work. Uh, yeah, and this actually got an Oscar for Best Musical. Wow. Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually cracked up a, on a bunch of jokes for you watching this. Uh, one of them was from the mole where he uh, asks you know, everyone to synchronize watches, and the kids are like, oh, we didn't, you didn't tell us to bring watches, we don't have watches, and he just like flips out on them. And... Uh, I don't know why that really hit for me today. Just like, well, if you told me to bring a watch, I would have brought a watch. <laughs> we don't have watches, man. I'll tell you. What is this, amateur hour? <laughs> yeah. So. I don't oh, think that's... I've seen this movie in well over a decade, let's say. It, uh, it held up musically. It was, you know, fun. Uh, just kind of sit and listen to and just go. Uh, I was bummed out. I, I like doing uh, cr- um, subtitles. And I tried to put subtitles mm. on to see what all that Kenny said, you know, just because mm-hmm. I never really heard that before. And they, it just says muffle, 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 muffle. No, they do not subtitle Kenny in no. this one. They do in the new, uh, new South Park that's coming out. All his stuff when it's subtitled is just they just tell you what he's saying. So, but not yeah, the I wonder movie. when they started doing that. I don't know. But yeah, and again, there's so many good songs in this movie. That what would I, Brian Boitano do? Think, Kyle's yeah. mom's a bitch. Um, yep. Shut your effing face, Uncle Effer. <laughs> yeah, this it, it, movie's very catchy, and uh, and then as a way to just kind of show off at the end, of the, they they do a, like a, the classic musical where all the different groups that are singing come together in one moment. It's just uh, it's very good musical for being a very dumb joke of a movie the entire way through. We're on a good streak here of. Uh, all of the li- I've seen every movie we've talked about so far, and I've enjoyed all of them. Well, I promise you, I have one on here you've probably not seen. So, 
Oh, really? Okay. okay. Hold on. So I, I'm going to add one more thing here to South Park because I think I'll, this is... I'll say more. I mean... Oh, this is one of the coolest things, I think, about the entire thing, right? They're, they had to write a memo to get specific parts of the movie modified because the MPAA was like, what the hell are you trying to do with this movie? Yes. <laughs> so they, they told them exactly what they wanted to do in the movie, right? So there's like five things they list, right? They, they left in a bunch of they the left in references to uh fisting uh and and they they were upset about that of course uh they did cut the word hole from asshole so it's just ass in one of the points and like just they they in this entire memo right it's like god has effed me in the ass so many times that's gone and you know it's not animated but we're going to uh the scene with Saddam Hussein's penis is actually it, you never see his real penis. He is, in fact, using a dildo both times. Uh, <laughs> and there's uh, an animated shot that reveals the fact that Winona is not shooting ping pong balls from her vagina. She is, in fact, hitting the balls with a ping pong paddle. And then, it, like, they list all these things. And then it's it's like, call with any questions, Matt. P.S. This is my favorite memo ever. And it's it's just, <laughs> it's a perfect memo. It's really, really good. They're weird guys. They are. Uh, in- interesting tidbit about them. But they're geniuses. I, Go I mean, yeah. They're, to, keep, to keep a production cycle running this long consistently is very impressive. Why? Especially the insane production cycle yes. that South Park has. But uh, so yeah. anyways, they, uh, Matt and Trey, apparently, have an, uh, they did like a Blu-ray commentary for this, uh, like I think like 2009 or something. Um, and they were both were like, yeah, we have no memory of making this movie. We were so tired and like <laughs> busy and exhausted from doing too many things. We, we don't remember making this movie, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, you're, you alluded to their cycle of making their episodes. I mean, they did a documentary on it. If you guys haven't seen it, highly recommend it. Oh, yeah. Six very days good. to air. Yeah, it's very good. Oh, I think so good. Coming up again from Barry, Bill Hader is in that documentary because he's he's uh, writing with him at the time. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, he that. is. I don't think I remember that. Yep, he's one of the storyboard writers. As they're they're doing one of yeah. the meetings, they're talking through the plot of one of the episodes, and and he's like laughing, giving some suggestions. Like, yeah, he's just in the back hanging. It's great. Yeah. That's Great. a good, I mean, what a gig, right? I, I, like, what do you do for, sure. uh, you know, I'm Bill Hader. I just go and hang out with like, people, write stuff and make, make dumb jokes. Does it pay well? Yeah, it pays pretty great. I feel like he's not doing too bad. I don't no, know what his net worth is, man. but I feel like he's probably fine. At oh, least yeah. $20. <laughs> I, I think I can agree to that, yeah. A crisp least. $20. Ooh, mm-hmm. I don't know about that. Yeah, so that's it's my, good movie. that's my number three. Good choice. Solid. All right. Well, we're going to round out things out here before the break with my number three. And we're going to take a break from the 90s. Okay. Why? Before we go to actual break. Not with my list, we aren't. We're going to go back a decade and we're going to go to 1984. Rob Reiner's This Is Spinal Tap. Ah, okay. Another one of my absolute favorite comedies of all time. But it goes to 11. Uh, this is certainly not the first mockumentary that exists. Uh, that goes for, that form goes back to at least 1980s. The gods must be crazy. Uh, but certainly it's one of the earlier and more popular ones. It's a directly parodying overly serious and aggrandizing rock documentaries from the seventies, as well as the legendary egos and pretentiousness of various rock bands, especially British ones. 
the vast majority of the dialogue in this movie is improvised. I think it's estimated that like 90, 95% of the dialogue is just improv. The movie follows fictitious British rock band Spinal Tap during their release and tour for their album Smell the Glove. Uh, the, the cast of this movie, absolutely phenomenal. You got Michael McKean as David St. Hubbins, who's the lead singer of the band. Christopher Guest as Nigel Tufnell, who's the guitarist. And Harry Shearer as Derek Smalls, the bassist. Some very excellent mutton chops on Derek, Harry Shearer in this movie. You have uh, Rob Reiner is the director of the movie, he, who is also playing the director of the fake documentary. Uh, and it's parodying uh, many famed occurrences for various British rock bands over the years, like Rolling Stones on the Ed Sullivan Show or uh, Yoko Ono's influence on and disruption of the Beatles. <laughs> uh, they filmed, turns out, I did not know this, uh, learned this recently, they filmed over 100 hours of footage for this movie, which is Holy insane. Holy crap. Absolutely insane. I did not know what that. What we got was edited down from 100 hours. My God. Release the 100-hour cut of This is Smile Tap. No. <laughs> I will not watch that. I just, uh, I'll tell you right now. Uh, so, uh, one of the other interesting legacy things for this movie, the actors went on to tour in real life in character as Spinal Tap and did that for a lot of years. I want to say the last time they got together to do that was like 2009. Uh, so they, they really deeply care about these characters and, and stuff they did here. It's a hugely influential movie on comedy, even through today. Uh, stuff like the office or like what we do in the shadows absolutely does not exist without this movie coming out. Is just hugely formative to mm. that style. The of interview style, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, your most famous line in the movie is definitely the bit where they're discussing the special amps that they have that go up to eleven uh, instead of ten. Well, why don't you just make ten louder? But, but these go up to, to eleven. 11. <laughs> I I love Christopher Guest in this movie. Uh, apparently, this movie is well loved by a bunch of different rock musicians like Jimmy Page, Ozzy Osbourne. I believe the two of them specifically said that they uh, can personally relate to getting lost backstage in like overly complicated venues, trying to figure out where <laughs> the, the way into the stage is, which is a very good scene in the movie. Um, and Nirvana as uh, uh, Dave Grohl and Kurt Cobain are quoted as saying, this is the only good um, uh, movie about rock musicians to have come out. Uh, and then uh, apparently Metallica absolutely loves this movie to the point where they, uh, they said they had a lot of the same experiences and, and kind of soft dedicated an album to this movie. So they do have some good I, songs as well. Yeah. The, the style of writing that they, you know, the, 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 the construction of the songs is competent. The actors here are, um, you know, they know how to play their instruments and everything. So they're, they're doing, they're doing stuff. Well, uh, the apparently Christopher guest, especially was like very insistent on, all of the scenes where we're playing the instruments that we have to actually be like realistically playing the instruments. We can't just be miming it. You know, tonight, which I, uh, makes the movie feel tonight. better. The, the lyrics of the movie, uh, the songs are just dramatically over the top and parodying like a lot of the, uh, let's say aggressively horny music that a lot of like sixties and seventies rock would have. Certainly. Oh, yeah. Sex Farm. Uh, I have a quote here. Yep, Sex Farm is one of the songs. I have a quote here from the song Big Bottom. My baby fits me like a flesh tuxedo. I love to sink her with my pink torpedo. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. What it's, does that uh, mean? Can you explain <laughs> yeah, that to very, me? Very, very... Josh, can I you think, explain that to me? I don't understand. I think it's about sex. What? Don't quote me on that, though. 
I um, absolutely will. Clip uh, that. Few of my few of my favorite lines here. Line where someone says, uh, "There's something about this that's so black. It's like how much more black could this be?" And the answer is none. None more black. None more black. We have uh, the bassist is, say, is talking about his bandmates. Uh, we're very lucky in the band that we have two visionaries, David and Nigel. They're like poets. They're like Shelley and Byron. They're two distinct types of visionaries. It's like fire and ice, basically. I feel like my role in the band is to be somewhere in the middle of that, kind of like a lukewarm water. And then uh, we have, uh, uh, they do a show at one point at um, like uh, an army event kind of a thing. And one of the soldiers there is saying uh, to them, may I start by saying how thrilled we are to have you here. We are such fans of your music and all of your records. I'm not speaking of yours personally, but the whole genre of rock and roll. (laughs) (laughs) I like, and then uh, last, Last thing I have to mention on this is um, one of my absolute favorite scenes in the movie is the Stonehenge scene where previously in a restaurant, one of them had doodled out on a napkin. Uh, They want to do the Stonehenge song and have this giant Stonehenge model descend from above. And so their producer takes the napkin and goes to get the uh, prop made. And it ends up being about three feet tall (laughs) because he got the dimensions wrong from the napkin. And so they actually, they still do the bit and everything, and they have the whole thing come down, and it is just uh, at, a, like, a concert, and it is uh, one of one of my favorite sight gags in a movie. It's just very, very silly, and I love it. I like the line. It's such a fine line between stupid and uh, clever. <laughs> yeah, I need to rewatch this movie, because it has been a number of years, but it, you're right, it is a great movie. One one of my favorites, certainly. I think it's the best thing you can say about anything on this list is like, if you want to rewatch it, not that long. That's true. It's not like you can go watch a- Dune Part 1. That movie's good. I like that movie. It's a good movie. But, but it's, it's not long. short. Yeah. For the yeah. right movie, I feel like I'm willing to commit the time. Like oh, The Lord I mean, of the Rings. I There was a period oh, in my life where I watched all three of the extended versions every three months, pretty much, like clockwork, without any hesitation. Yeah, yeah, trust me. I watch anime. I'm willing to dedicate a lot of time to a thing. But uh <laughs> uh yeah, it's it's uh it's nice to just have a thing you can just consume and be like, "Oh, that was del- that was delightful." Oh shit, I yeah, my entire evening ahead of me still. Wonderful, you know. That's that's the whole list. Hey. That's the beauty. As busy parents, right. I think Chris and I can probably say that shorter movies can can definitely it's have great. their advantages. Be a little easier to, great. to get through. You're like, okay, kids are all asleep. I'm going to pass out in about, mm, could I last uh, 87 minutes for this movie? Yep, you know what? I'm going to try. <laughs> Give it the college try. Well, uh, that's going to take us to our first break here. We'll come back from the break and do our number twos and then Scott and Chris's number one because we already hit mine. So stick around, folks. Hey everyone, hope you're enjoying the show so far. If you have ideas, comments, you know, the usual stuff, hit us on that Twitter, because we're back on Twitter! Right, Josh? I mean, we were never not on Twitter, but Twitter is collapsing around the edges, so... Yeah. So, anyway, thanks for enjoying that ad break, sponsored by me! My name is Scott. I sponsored that ad break. Hey, if you like listening to podcasts, check out Stupid Sequence. That's the ad. I mean, that's, go. that's a good plug. It's kind of a meta thing. Anyway, 
you should email us, stupidsequence at gmail.com. Get a personalized response from at least one of us. Whoever Send gets to it first. Ideas. We do need more show ideas. I mean, we have a pretty big list in, in store, but... We're happy you know, to put other ones in if they're better than our ideas, because that happens. That's, that's true. How, that's how I got here. It's true. We're, we are not perfect idea. at coming up with list ideas. We are, however, perfect at coming up with lists. That's true. We are, we are expert rankers. We are the professional rankers on the internet. That being said, Scott. Ah, uh, yeah, I guess we should move on. All right. Let's see your number two. Well, I don't know if you'll see it, but I'll, I'll tell you about it. Hmm. With a runtime of one hour and 27 minutes, I have the 1993 classic Surf Ninjas. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. We've had a movie I haven't seen. Uh-huh. Chris, have you seen this movie? <laughs> if I have, it's, I've got no memory of it. It's been lost to time. This Rob movie, Schneider's in this movie? It, yes, hold on. Oh, oh, don't no. spoil it. Oh, don't spoil no. it. Hold on. So, brothers Johnny and Adam, played oh. by Ernie Reyes Jr. and Nicholas Cowan, are coasting through a fun surfer existence in L.A when they are suddenly accosted by a band of ninjas, and a mysterious warrior comes to their aid, later telling their, the brothers that they are the royal heirs to the throne of Patusan, an embattled island under the rule of a tyrannical leader played by Leslie Nielsen. After discovering their untapped ninja skills, Johnny and Adam agree to travel to Patusan to overthrow the current monarchy. So Leslie Nielsen plays half-man, oh, half-robot in this movie. He's he's like a cyborg. It's incredible. I'm, I'm seeing I'm seeing that his character's name is Colonel Chi. Yeah. Is he in yellow face in this movie? No, is this a yellow no, face role? No. Okay. No. But it also stars Rob Schneider as their fun loving, if dumb, best friend. Very, very young Rob Schneider with very yeah. bright orange hair. Oh, also, no. Tone Loke is in this movie. What? As the, the cop. He's the he's the inspector. <laughs> What is this movie? And Kelly Who? Uh the she's also known as the sorceress from Scorpion King. Yep. Yeah. I haven't haven't watched that. Okay, so let me just tell you that as a child, I have watched this movie so many times. It is literally my favorite movie as a kid. I love this movie. My favorite thing about this movie is the idea that these two dudes who have no experience as ninjas or fighters. Turns out they're royal heirs, right? I've alluded to that. But sure. beyond that, they each have amazing powers that are starting to get unlocked as the prophecy is being foretold. So Johnny, the oldest, he's going to become a, a, an amazing warrior. And so as they are uh, running into some rough situations and i won't spoil anything but they run into a situation their dad gets taken and they're trying to escape so that they can go back to patusan and save the country as well as rescue their their dad they have a a, a mo- several moments that build up to johnny suddenly has these amazing fighting powers like out of nowhere and he's kicking dudes butts and he's like punching and you know throwing them through things and like he's an amazing warrior suddenly and i just thought that was incredible but his younger brother 
is foretold as being this amazing seer. But instead of just like thinking about prophecies and stuff, he does it by playing on his game gear. Right? Do you remember the game gear? Oh boy. He pulls out Shinobi, which is what he usually (laughs) plays. Shinobi's good. It's very good. So he puts that in and he starts to play the game, but the game doesn't load. It's not Shinobi. He's like, well, this is different. It turns out it's the exact life that he's living and it's his prophecies are made through this game. And then the, it goes a step further and it's like he has choices in the game that he makes and then those choices become evident in real life and he does them in real life and he scores points based on the choices that he makes. Like at one point he has to assault a, this one bad ninja with something from the aquarium and he chooses the squid. And, like, reaches his hand into the aquarium in real life, grabs a squid, opens up the face mask of the the bad ninja, puts it in there. He's like, eat squid! And then he, like, shuts the mask, and it's like, God, this is so dumb, and I love it. It's amazing. Anyway, so the the entire movie, right, there's... There are a lot of quotable moments in this movie, at least from my family. My brother and my mom both really love this movie as well. To, to date myself here a little bit we would go to the local family video store and rent movies and before i owned this movie this was one that i rented nearly every time because it was in the dollar section and i i <laughs> i knew exactly where it was and the the person at the front desk was like oh you getting surf ninjas this time i'm like yep definitely getting it again and that was like that was incredible i I remember doing that several times. And then eventually my mom gifted it to me, I think, for Christmas. And I still have it. I think I, I still think have the VHS. I don't think Shinobi came out for the Game Gear. Whether it did or not is kind of irrelevant because this game, it's about prophecies. This movie. They put, they put a Shinobi, a different Shinobi game. Okay, okay. Sorry, had to, had to satisfy my own curiosity there. Continue. Anyway, so this movie, they're on a journey. They are basically nobodies living their life, kind of slackers in some ways. They're moving on, on to become warriors and great seers. They are fulfilling their destinies and the prophecies, and they go to Patusan, and they are, are starting to uh, gather more people so that they can start a revolution or like reclaim the throne because it turns out they are the rightful heirs. And like I said, there's a lot of quotable things in this. And one of the the phrases that frequently gets repeated throughout the movie is Kwansu, which is like, it's it's like a rallying cry to these people. But he's like, Kwansu, dudes! And he's like, wow, they really must like that word. And he's like, yeah, probably means like free beer or something. Like, I don't know, it's just so so good that they, they put these really, like, gitchy lines in there you're like "Eh, what is this like "Eh, okay um their dad at the beginning of the movie is lamenting about their choice of music because of course they're in la it's beautiful outside he's like boys how many times do i have to tell you no van halen until after i've had my coffee and johnny's like but we've already had ours and like "Eh, kids they're funny (laughs) uh Rob Schneider has a number of good lines in this movie, which I know, Josh, 
you don't find hard to believe at all because he's one of your favorite characters of all time. Nope. But he he says, uh, I just want you to know that I felt completely safe in your arms, and I never said that to a man before. <laughs> uh, and then in another one, they and this is the the one section of the movie that we repeat probably more than any other one, and it's uh, the the guy that is training them to become or to fulfill their destiny. His name is Zatch, which is actually Eddie Reyes's father in real life, um, plays this character. And he's talking to them about their destiny, and he says, you know, we need to go to this one area of the island to find the... He says, we're looking for something very special. And they're like, oh, what is it? He's like, something not even money can buy. The knives of Kwan Su. And so they're looking for these special ceremonial knives. And uh, Rob Schneider's character says, Knives? Oh, yeah, seriously, there's something money can't buy. Knives. I once went to a cutlery store and said, here's $100,000, can I buy a knife? And they said, no, money can't buy knives. And he's like, Gee, I guess that's why you hardly ever see any of them around. <laughs> and uh, at that point, Tone Loke's character has joined their little mini crew. And Zatch says, Will someone shut this chattering monkey up? And Tone Loke says, well, I'd cut him, but I don't have a knife. <laughs> oh, man. It's is very good. This, this whole movie just, it's very 90s. It plays into that whole ninja thing that I think, the three ninjas, at least kids in my, uh, well, okay, we're going to have to get back. We're getting back to you on that one. It's not my number one, but. I've got some th- thoughts on that, but yes, it definitely falls into that same category. When we said we were doing this episode, I immediately looked it up to make sure that this movie qualified because I was very excited to talk about it. And then the second movie I looked up was Three Ninjas. So <laughs> yeah, I I think this movie is, it, it's it's really not great as far as like, it's not an amazing production quality. It doesn't have an amazing plot. Like nothing about this movie screams amazing, but because of how many times I've seen it, because of how relatable it felt as a kid, because of how cool it was, and it, you know, I wanted to get a Game Gear badly as a result of this movie. Never got one, by the way. And I think at this point it's just like, eh, don't think I'm ever gonna get that. Not not since The Wizard has there been a better video game ad movie. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Mario Bros. Three. Anyway. Great movie. Highly recommend. Even now, go back and watch this movie. Josh, I think you're going fi- to you're going to re- you're going to watch it and you're going to think I don't think I will. You're going to think you can't, man, you can't make me. Rob Schneider is actually okay in this movie. He'll never say it out loud. I don't think anyone has ever said that sentence aloud. I think you're the first in human history. Hmm. Brand new sentence. No, cuz they usually say, "Wow, Rob Schneider was great in this movie." Nope. Are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure they said that. I noted grown-up star you know, Rob. He was Schneider. great in Fifty First Dates. His character that well, kept getting attacked Dates by is sharks. A fun movie. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Rob Schneider is the worst part of it. Anyway, what are you talking about? He's like half blind in that movie. Anyway, <laughs> yep, Surf Ninjas, great movie. I definitely recommend it. It is a a key part of my childhood, and I'm I'm, I'm sure that I in another life could have been a ninja, but that's a different story. A different timeline. We're going to start introducing you on the podcast is alternate universe ninja, Scott. Mm, 
I'm not upset by that. Chris, what do you got for your number two? Uh, also, in the vein of childhood uh, movies, uh, I've okay. got uh, Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, honorable mention for uh, sure. It came out in 1993, and I like that Scott did it, so I'm stealing it, of the runtime of one hour, 16 minutes. Is that all? Hey, that movie is really <laughs> it good. sure is. Oh, so, man. speaking of movies that have a uh, good t- uh, pace, right? This movie, right in the right off the rip, you get the great, massive intro with the you know the cor- the chorus and the horns, and you're like, "Holy crap, this is Batman! Look at all the Batman happening!" And then, boom, right into it, Batman's busting up the mob. Everything's great, and long place, wrong time. Someone else kills a mobster that looks like Batman, and the whole movie takes off from there. Just what a delightful movie. Grid, awesome, classic Batman story. Uh, it's classic. And this is, this is notably, you know, follow-up from uh, Batman the Animated yes. Series, also known as the greatest animated show of all time. I mean, that is very true. Who, who, could, who could argue? Bruce Tim, of course, continuing his running of that yeah. stuff. A uh, couple interesting uh, things I saw when I was looking up the movie for this. Uh, the entire production started out as a uh, straight to like a uh, video kind of flick, and then halfway, like near the very end of the production, they were like, "Oh no, this is this is great. We're gonna put it in the theater." And everyone was like, "Hey, that's great!" And then they all had to scramble to change the aspect ratio to fit the <laughs> fit the theaters. Yeah. Uh, also, only from start to finish production, only eight months. Wow, that's a lot of animation, right? It sure just, is. Just think about some of the early fight scenes with the, you know, like the the explosion stuff going on or the, the you know, like climatic scene with all those massive explosions happening. It's like, that's so much animation work. That's so much time. It's crazy. Uh, what a great movie. I, I'd like to give a couple of shout outs here as a big fan of both this movie and the show which spawned it. Uh, Kevin Conroy as Batman. He's my favorite. He is Batman. He's my favorite Batman. Um, also, R.I.P. Kevin Conroy. Yep. Very sad. Recent passing. Relatively recent passing there. Um, and I also wanted to shout out um, the actor who plays uh, Alfred in mm-hmm. both the show and this movie. Uh, has one of the uh, more unique names I've ever heard in my life. His name is Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. Oh, that's a good one. Yep. Zimbalist is quite the last name. So, Josh, is, is this one of your favorite I'd probably say this is probably your favorite Batman animated movie, most likely for sure. I don't know how certainly many of the- my favorite Batman animated movie. Like Mister Freeze and Sub Zero is great. I just don't know um, how much of the other. I I consume pretty much anything Batman. Yeah, I know you're you're the you're the DC junkie. Yep, for sure. I I will watch um, it because stuff anyway. I I was uh, always into comics and superheroes, and then that got really popular, and I've just been I've just been a happy little fat pig consuming it all. I've seen a handful of things past this. Okay. I don't think anything past like 2010. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. But, uh, but I have seen like, um, you know, I, the, the movies directly related to the Bruce Tim universe of Batman and DC stuff. Yep. So like, um, uh, you know, this, this Batman mystery sub zero and then, um, uh, Batman beyond return of the Joker. I also think is excellent. Um, and then I think I have seen, um they did that killing joke animated movie yeah it was it was a thing maybe not maybe not as good yeah but so i, I think, think maybe one or two others having just rewatched this that i mean i've not ranked my batman movies but this has still got to be one of the all-time greatest 
Batman yeah. animated anything. It's just it it's got a really great concise story that hits on Bruce and what makes Bruce tick and why he's going through what he's going through. Um and then uh but we still get the greater shenanigans of the Joker running around and all the other stuff, but it's not his typical um foyer with his his rogues gallery. It's just the Joker's involved, but not because he's the Joker, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, he's not our primary antagonist. Not at here. all. Not at all. He is a... But still Mark Hamill doing Mark Hamill on oh, the yeah. Joker. And uh, absolute all-time best Joker also, in my opinion. He's just having a blast in this one, too, clearly. Great movie. Solid. Amazing performances. Really great animation, having like gone back and rewatched it with a little bit more of appreciation. It's really well done. It's crazy how much money they clearly put into this um i don't have the budget in front of me but the 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 noir stuff that this tv show and the movie does and like the gothic architecture they do for gotham everything the art direction this stuff is incredible i haven't seen this movie scott have you watched any animated batman at all Mm, i mean i've seen episodes of the show but fair i would not say that i've seen them all start to finish okay I will say, if you ever like, man, I could watch a Batman thing right now. Definitely a a good one to sit down and watch. It's it's classic. It covers on mm-hmm. all the aspects. It, of, it holds up. It not only holds up. It it demands a spot at the table for you know what is a good Batman. It it it's hitting all the good marks. It's great. You get a lot of but Alfred is, in there, which is always my favorite part. Is it streaming anywhere? HBO Max, actually. That's where I watched it. I do not have HBO Max. It's fair. They also, it comes out, because uh, my wife just bought it for me, but uh, and if you get the Blu-ray collection of the animated series, uh, this and the Mr. Uh, Freeze Sub-Zero movie come along, oh, too. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. I'm glad they're doing stuff like that now, where it's like, hey, this is basically part of the show. You know, yep. it's an extension of the show. Just put it in there. You know, I bet my local library has a copy of this. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Probably. Go check it out. I I get everything from the library. Mm-hmm. I get pretty much anything that new comes to Blu-ray, we get through the library. It's the best. We went to the library today. Nice. I did Probably. not get anything because I was not there to go. <laughs> but my family went. I Children re- need books. I've recently been using the library to uh, print a Yu-Gi-Oh cards because I refuse to pay for them. You heard it here first. Chris That's is dumb. a Yu-Gi-Oh pirate. Wait, wait, uh, wait, wait. I am. Do you have like good card stock to print it on? Uh, I very late. I'm a, I'm much lazier than that. I just print them on normal paper and then put them in. Cut front them of out me. and put them in sleeves. Well, yeah, I cut them out and then I put them in front of a normal card so they still feel right. <laughs> yeah, Chris is uh Chris is among some of uh, our other friends. Uh, they have their own Yu-Gi-Oh cabal that they've founded. I mean, I was definitely dragged into this as they were like, "Hey, we're doing this." I was like, "Sure, I'll because we started just playing a a digital version, which was free." And then they're like, let's get it some is. real cards. And I was like, well... My 15-year-old plays this. It's sort of fun. I like card games in general. I was mostly playing Magic, but all that stuff fell through, and the group transitioned to this, so... I've I never am. felt stupider than trying to understand Yu-Gi-Oh. I've it's tried... not that difficult to understand Yu-Gi-Oh. It's not difficult to understand, but... It's absolutely the, nonsense. They're the most densely worded cards. It's such an... It's, it's messy. That's true. It's fun. They're Magic the Gathering, nonsense. I feel like, is incredibly difficult to learn. Like, you, yeah, but you I, get learned, to a base, I learned through like, Hearthstone, and it, that's modeled to a degree after. Okay, Magic, yeah, that makes that makes way more sense to me than Yu-Gi-Oh does. Just different keywords. No, you're. I guess I could see that. I, 
I mean, a lot of my card, my TCG stuff started with Pokemon, so it's. Sure. I feel like Yu-Gi-Oh is more akin to Pokemon, but I don't like Pokemon card game either. So, well, not these days. <laughs> anyway, card games aside, you got anything else on Batman? Uh, Batman the card game. <laughs> yeah, I would play that. I'm sure one's been made. Ooh, I did quick remember just a, a random tidbit for going back to my number three South Park. Uh, randomly, I found out the t- character Tweak is the kid of the right. coffee yep. owners. He mm-hmm. becomes a pretty you know staple character later on in the seasons. The right. only uh, character to not show up in the South Park movie from their large ensemble of cats. Oh, okay. really? Yeah. I just, wonder why. Just the just wasn't in the movie. And they got everyone in there. I got that stinky fart kid. Everyone else is there. It's crazy. <laughs> I do like Tweak. But no, that wraps it for me on Batman. Butters, though. I fully support Batman being on this list. What a good movie. I will probably lose you on my next one, so I'm uh, glad to have uh-oh. the support now. Well, interesting. I'll get my last one in here then with my number two. Go for it. Uh, this is another... Uh, my, my streak here, 321, are all comedy parody movies that I really enjoy. We had number one with Airplane, number three with Spinal Tap. This one is parodying something else entirely different. This is 2009's Black Dynamite, <laughs> directed by Scott Sanders. This is I, on my honorable mention. I, knew, I love I, this movie. I knew this was going to... As soon as I saw that this was a... Uh, fit the qualifications, I, I knew I'd hear about it today. Oh, you, yeah, absolutely. I love this movie so much. <laughs> it is a parody of 1970s black exploitation movies. Uh, way less known than my other two items on the list here, but uh, man, I love this movie. It's a project from uh, Michael Jai White, who's also the starring character. Uh, it's it, just an excellent comedy overall that parodies just about every aspect of black exploitation films. Uh, you got Black Dynamite, the main character, as the general badass, cool dude, kung fu master, Vietnam vet, former CIA agent, the whole list of everything a cool guy would be in one of these movies, right? Uh, so he's reactivated by his former CIA partner because Black Dynamite's brother was killed and they don't want him out there seeking vengeance on his own. They kind of want to like rein him in a bit. Uh, this kisses off a very silly cascading set of plots, including drugs, orphans, black power groups, a pimp council, government conspiracies, dick shrinking malt liquor, and confrontations <laughs> with both the fiendish <laughs> Dr. Wu and Richard Nixon. Anaconda malt liquor. So uh, you talk about infinitely quotable movies. This is a movie I quote I threw that constantly. shit before I came in the room. Yeah, that's exactly uh, what I was just thinking. <laughs> So, so one aspect of black exploitation movies is that they were notoriously cheaply made oh, yeah. very frequently, uh, very few takes, you know, just run with it, run with whatever we got. Uh, plenty of mistakes would make it into the final films and that all of those elements are parodied here. So there's a bunch of scenes where like, um, occasionally like boom mics will visibly <laughs> dip into the shot or like bump characters on the head and everything and they'll like look at the the mic and everything it's so very intentionally parodying stuff like that or you get shots of people like looking directly at the camera uh or fl- visibly flubbed line reads one of my favorites there is um there's uh there's a character uh black dynamite is going into the black power uh group uh ask someone uh, who's in charge here? And one of the guys, the line on the script would have been, I'm in charge. But, uh, you know, in the script, it'll have like the direction on there where, like, in parentheses, it'll say, like, oh, here's how you're supposed to read the line, you know? Yep. Um, and so what he actually reads is what would be on the script. He says, sarcastically, I'm in charge. 
And I, I just love that line so much. At one point, an actor appears to quit in between takes when he is hit uh, in a stunt scene <laughs> and is replaced in the next shot. Of uh, just a visibly different guy that this other character is fighting. Uh, Michael Jai White really holds this movie together with just a ton of charisma, and he does his all his own stunts in this movie because he's an actual martial artist. He does a bunch of he's visibly like doing all the kung fu and nunchuck stuff that he's doing in this movie, and he's he's good at it. And that that lends like more quality to this movie than you would have seen in most of the black exploitation movies of that era. So it's an interesting blend in there. Just a deeply silly movie. It's an excellent parody. One of my favorite, like probably a top 10 movie of all time for me. It's very silly. It's such, it's such a movie. Buckle up. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I of course have some of my favorite lines here. Uh, I really tried to mercy myself here cause I could really just quote this entire movie. Not the orphanage. I used to be an orphan. <laughs> Uh, I should have known you'd be behind this fiendish Dr. Wu. Your knowledge of scientific biological transmogrifications is only outmatched by your zest for kung fu treachery. <laughs> uh, a scene where he is talking to the pimp council. Uh, I'm declaring war on everyone who sells drugs in the community. But Black Dynamite, I sell drugs to the community. <laughs> uh, donuts don't wear alligator shoes. There's a scene where he is stabbing a man in the eyes with his fingers and says, do you see where I'm coming from? You drive motherfucker. <laughs> uh, uh, another scene where a couple of uh, kids are talking to him and saying, uh, my mama said my daddy's name was black dynamite. So did my mama. <laughs> black dynamite goes, uh, hush up little girls. A lot of cats have that name. <laughs> and then finally I have uh, black dynamite angrily answering the phone. Now, Aunt Billy, how many times have I told you not to call here and interrupt my kung fu? Very, very silly movie. I, uh, I adore it and have watched it a bunch of times and will watch it a bunch more times. I'm probably going to end up watching it again after doing all this research. My wife and I watched a compilation of great moments from it earlier today. So. Absolutely love mm. it. You've both seen it, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I was just thinking about the the part where he uh he's talking to the woman at the fast food chicken restaurant and he's uh what was he trying to he's trying to get the recipe and it like cuts to them having sex and her giving him the recipe. Oh yeah, Black Dynamite gets around. Oh, and I forgot to mention of course you have the great stingers when any any time Black Dynamite everything does anything cool, you have the music in the backing chorus goes Dynamite Dynamite. Oh, yeah. He's got a permanent hype, man. Oh, yeah. Pretty awesome. It's a good one. Good pick. Yeah, that's good what pick. that's my number two, Black Dynamite. And that does it for my top four. So, uh, Scott, you're up next with your number one. Okay, well, with my number one, with an approximate runtime, and this is going to be key, approximate runtime of one hour, 29 minutes. I wasn't expecting this to be your number one. Known as an essential nerd movie with infinitely quotable moments and one of the most famous comedy casts ever, we have Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Ah, okay. So this is my number six. I was right. Uh, Immediately prior to recording this, Scott, you uh, had a discovery. 
I did. I was looking into the exact runtime of this movie a little Mm -hmm. more closely so that I could put it in my notes. And it was on the large list of movies under 90 minutes. And so I trusted that it was under 90 minutes. Yeah, we and found then, a nice letterbox list that had like a whole bunch of movies that were. I too yeah, found it, this list. So <laughs> it was nice. I googled runtime one hour twenty nine minutes, and then I looked at this other thing, and it said it was one hour thirty one minutes. Yeah, IMDb and then I clicked on IMDb, minutes. and it says one hour thirty two minutes. And then I said, "Honey, where's the movie?" Uh, I had to run downstairs. I had to find the DVD real quick, and I pulled it out. And on the back of it, I was trying to take a picture to be subtle without giving away, but I couldn't exactly focus because it's such small font. Mm-hmm. And it says on the back of this DVD, approximately 89 minutes. So I am trusting that the one that I am holding is, in fact, under 90 minutes. The source of record here. I know well, there's like a special edition to this movie and there's like a non-special the edition. One I, have. I think... I think if the bo- if the physical movie box says it's eighty nine minutes, I think we can qu- I think we can count it. How can you? Not? I mean, this yeah, for sure. Incredible. Plus, I mean, a movie that old. How many different versions are there? Like, sure. Well, this famous cast includes Graham Chapman, John Cleese, Terry Gilliam, Eric Idle, Terry Jones, Michael Palin. The original I mean, it, members it, of the show. Exactly. It's it's the Monty Python guys, right? A lot it's of heavy cult- hitters. It it is a cult classic as gut-bustingly hilarious as it is blithely ridiculous. It's a I, I have a note here saying it is perhaps one of the silliest movies ever made. That is the that is the perfect word to describe this movie. It is exceedingly silly. A move a word the movie uses to describe itself on oh, multiple yeah. occasions. Much like uh, airplane, it does not let up on the jokes. It just nope. it constantly going. And it's so quotable. Yes. Oh man, I I am it, your king. I didn't vote for you. Yeah, that's that is actually the first quote that I have on my list here. Well, <laughs> I didn't vote for you. Is, okay, but yeah, uh, are we a constitutional monarchy? It should be led by the people. Okay, there's a uh, uh, several other quotes here. You know, but if he was dying, you wouldn't have bothered to carve arg. He'd just say it. Like. <laughs> And like, oh, okay. Um, well, she turned me into a newt. I got better. I got better. Uh, yes, that whole scene about trying to figure out whether she's a witch or not, and seeing, oh, well, if she weighs as, uh, less than a duck, then she floats and therefore is a witch because she's made of wood and wood burns. So obviously, that makes sense. That's just like perfect logic. Uh, help, help, I'm being repressed. <laughs> or, run away! Of course, when they're launching uh, just about anything at them from the French guys. Uh, it, it's only a model. <laughs> okay. Are you suggesting coconuts migrate? Uh, the, uh, the air velocity of a, of a swallow. Um, of course, the knights who say knee. The bringing of the shrubbery. The get on with it, or tis but a scratch, it's only a flesh wound. Like, just of course, that whole scene. Um, any kind Did- of interactions with the, the silly Frenchman, your mother was a hamster, and your father smelt of elderberries. That one, of course, I am French. How else do you think I have this ridiculous accent? I told them <laughs> we already got one. That's <laughs> uh, pretty funny. And then, of course, my favorite scene, which I will now read to you verbatim. 
And Saint Attila raised the hand grenade up on high, saying, O Lord, bless this thy hand grenade, that with it thou mayst blow thine enemies to tiny bits in thy mercy. And the Lord did grin, and the people did feast upon the lambs, and sloths, and carp, and anchovies, and orangutans, and breakfast cereals, and fruit bats, and large chulapas. And the, the Lord spake, saying, First shalt thou take out the holy pin. Then shalt thou count to three, no more, no less. Three shall be the number thou shalt count, and the number of the counting shall be three. Four shalt thou not count, neither count thou two, excepting that thou then proceed to three. Five is right out. Once the number three, being the third number, be reached, then lovest thou thy holy hand grenade of Antioch towards tiny foe, who, being naughty in my sight, shall snuff it. I love that. That whole bit is just incredible. Well, is it behind that rabbit right there? It is the rabbit! There are some who call me... Tim! And I love that John Cleese just couldn't remember the name that they were actually supposed to give him as the wizard, and so he's just like, it's Tim. And they went with it. I'm Tim now. Legendary. It's a, it's a good uh, good line. What is your name? Yeah. What is your purpose? What is the average air velocity of an unladen swallow? <laughs> I don't think I've seen that movie in like a decade probably, but it is a It's classic. been a while for me, but I've seen it a lot of times. Yeah. I love that the guy messes up his favorite color when he's doing that quiz and gets launched anyway. Green. No, blue. No, blue. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we should not go to Camelot. Tis a silly place. Oh, the singing and the yeah, dancing. Yeah, and then of course that that scene goes on to spawn the Spamalot. Spamalot, yes. Which decades is, later, yes, and still running, I believe. I mean, I I enjoy. Uh, you know, I I I'm gonna run down our whole cast here real quick. Yeah, your, go your for primary it. Characters. Uh, so, so we got Graham Chapman as King Arthur, right? And then we got his Knights of the Round Table. John Cleese as Sir Lancelot the Brave. Uh, Michael Palin as Sir Galahad the Pure. Terry Jones as Sir Bedivere the Wise. Uh, Eric Idle as Sir Robin the Not-Quite-So-Brave as Lancelot. And finally, Sir Not Appearing in this film. Sir Not Appearing in this film. Uh, I like when they're going through the, the different parts of Robin, uh, the not quite so brave. Who did this and did that and did this other thing? And yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, the bard following him and yeah, and the the coconuts with the. I mean, there's so many. Iconic... Yeah, clapping the coconuts together to make the sound of horse hooves because they could not afford to have horses on this movie. Right, but putting it actually in the film, like, is is that a you just hitting two coconuts together? I I don't. It's hard to explain how important this movie is. There's just there's so much about it that I feel like it it is the source material for a lot of future movies. Sure. I couldn't I couldn't pinpoint exactly what those are to you, but I feel like it's one of those just super important movies. I mean George Harrison uh, from the Beatles thinks that this is one of the the most important movies as the Beatles were breaking up this is one of the things that helped get him through it and as a result of it getting him through the the breakup of the Beatles he funded Life of Brian for 4 million dollars by mortgaging his own house 
Hot take. Life of Brian better than this movie. That's not a hot take, but because... not but not longer, not longer, not short, not under ninety minutes though. Let me read this portion to you. The film's reputation grew over time. In 2000, readers of Total Film Magazine voted Holy Grail the fifth greatest comedy movie of all time. The next Python movie, Life of Brian, was ranked first. In 2011, an ABC primetime special, Best in Film, The Greatest Movies of Our Time, counted down the best films chosen by fans based on results of a poll conducted by ABC and People magazine. Holy Grail was selected as the second best comedy after... Airplane. In Uh 2016, Empire Magazine ranked Holy Grail 18th in their list of the 100 best British films. Life of Brian was ranked 2nd in their entry stating, Elvis ordered a print of this comedy classic and watched it five times. If it's good enough for the king, it's good enough for you. This is my exposure to, my first exposure to Monty Python in general, and then I later went on to consume the TV show and all their other stuff and really enjoy just about all of it. So So when did you each first watch this because i watched this in school believe it or not oh really wow uh-huh. i school, saw like, this at probably what at like 13 um i mean i want to say middle school that sounds right really yeah that's interesting it was i i remember it distinctly it was like a substitute teacher kind of thing where like we're just, you've got like two weeks till the end of the year. We're just getting through it. So here you go. <laughs> just, this is definitely educational. 100%. It's a, it's a historical education. film, really. We had just oh, covered yeah. something of like a, a different night's period. And they're like, you know what? Whatever, guys. Here you go. And it just like fun. Yep. I saw this movie. I must, I must have been about 13, 14 as well. Yeah. It was right around, yeah, eighth grade, probably, give or take a year. Yeah, I didn't I didn't actually come to Monty Python until a number of years later, probably when I was like 18 or 19 or so, uh, the rest of their stuff. But uh, this this was uh, my early exposure to them for sure. I also watched this movie just a couple of months ago. But again, super quotable. Oh, yeah. Just constantly. There's so many little things in our life that are reminders of this movie that I feel like it, I'm doing it a disservice by not talking about it. Whenever it, it, those things come up, it's still relevant, relevant in pop culture. Like if you any you show most anyone that killer bunny thing, they get where that's from. You know, sure. I have or the giant a foot. Very old. Yep. I have a very old faded T-shirt of the Black Knight. I mean, yeah, who doesn't? Right? Have from a number of years mm-hmm. ago. It's only a flesh wound. My father-in-law has pajama pants that are the giant foot, just nice. like that pattern sure. all over it. Sure. It's pretty good. Pretty good movie. It's a good choice. Uh, I good support choice. this inclusion. You know, I made it to six on my list. You know, didn't didn't rank higher for me, but I do love the movie. It's just a classic. Just incredible. You're right. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the best Monty Python movie, but it's certainly the best one under 90 minutes. <laughs> I would agree with that. Yep. Is it? I think. Uh, I think Meaning of Life is also under 90 minutes, and that movie's just okay. N- no, it's not. But is it not? Oh, uh, okay. Now for something completely different is under ninety minutes. But yeah, that's just more like re-edited together episodes of the show, though. Right. I mean, the lumberjack song. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. That's. Uh, I, I love that. It's, uh, yeah. Anyway, great movie. I I think it was probably an easy decision for me to make this my number one. And when I asked my kids about what movies should I include under 90 minutes? Within two minutes, my one son was like, do you have Monty Python on there already? I'm like, Holy Grail? Yes. 
And he's like, okay, that's my only suggestion. And that was <laughs> that. Was that. Was, uh, yeah. Well, when you, when you land the number one spot, you mean like, where else, where are you going to go from up, you know? Sure. Nailed it. You know, I have a lot of movies in my honorable mentions that hold a special place in my heart, but I don't think they're a top ten movie, unfortunately. But mm. they're very good. Anyway, well, we'll why get don't to we? Those. Uh, we got one item in the top fours left to cover here. Chris, you get yeah. to do us the honor of finishing us out. So I'm do it I'm, up. I'm. I'll cue it up. I assume neither of you have seen this, but I. I, I hope to be pleasantly surprised. Okay. Uh, this is Ghost in the Shell, the 1995 uh, animated movie with a uh, runtime okay. of one hour, 23 minutes. Have uh, not seen so, it. So uh, this explains some things because uh, my lovely wife was acting as our, uh, you know, impartial third party here yep. and made the comment. She was looking at the list with me in the room and made the comment of being very surprised that you're number one mm-hmm. and really hoping that you didn't choose the remake. Oh God! No. Um, and I was like, I don't know what you mean, but okay. And now that makes total sense. <laughs> I have many things to say about the remake if we want to get into it. But yeah, uh, let's, let's go. So let's focus Ghost in the on shell. this one first. Yeah, of course. Ghost in the Shell, amazing movie. Um, it is very inspirational for pretty much most cyberpunk future kind of warfare stuff that you see going forward. Uh, it you know, a lot of inspiration is drawn from this movie it gives you basically no um like uh world building it just kind of like hey this is happening drops you in just like 100 percent. you would just drop in on our main character here um and then she from there jumps off a building goes invisible you find out she is a cyborg and then it jumps to a scene of the police from a different district arresting this guy and then he's like claiming diplomatic community like he's about to get out get away with it scott clean and then she explodes his head and all this has been done in insane amazing uh detail of animation that is just pretty impressive still even for being a movie from 95 this movie looks amazing still so yeah i i will gush about this movie for a while I don't know anything about this movie. Really? So the yeah, she uh you follow your main character Makota, Makoto, uh she is a cyborg policewoman um and her partner and they're tracely hunting down a hacker called the Puppet Master who and this movie does a lot of questioning about what is uh humanity, you know, if you're an entirely robotic being, where does your life differ from other stuff? A lot of questions like that. And, you know, one of the interesting things is that this puppet master, when he hacks into somebody, he's hacking their actual memories and just replaces them with whatever he needs for that person to go do a thing. And uh, then they show that, like, yeah, there's really no way to undo what he's done. And we just, you know, you just have to live with the fact that all those memories are made up, but they're still in your head. It's just very interesting things that this movie does and goes to goes for. So. Well, don't spoil it because. Oh, I won't. Yeah. I just it, uh, discovered that it it is free on YouTube, so I'm. I'm it is. That's actually. I was gonna say that's where I watched oh, that's it. Neat. I watched it uh, today on lunch. Um, I just you know sat and watched it on my phone, and uh, man, the movie holds up. It is, it is dense in the way that uh, a Japanese animation asks of you sometimes to be like, no, 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 don't. 
you don't have any preconceptions just sit down and watch this and it just it's but it's good it's very good i i'm I'm surprised that you don't know about this scott because this is like part of the wave of like mid 90s some of that like really early anime mainstream success in the actually have stuff to talk to about that if you want So sure. this is one of the first anime anime movies to be released simultaneously in Japan, United States, and the UK all at the same time. It was an effort and a push to try and get this to be more into the mainstream. Uh, it sure. didn't work, but it did absolutely land in the DVDs for the US and video. I remember the first time I saw this when I was young, uh, I didn't really understand the plot. It was way above my head. Um, Ghost in the mm-hmm. Shell typically punches around the same level as like a Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid, where it's like dense politics. Here we go, but uh, at the home time you're getting amazing hand drawn animation of these robots doing cool, super cool stuff, and yeah. So yeah, and it's ma- it's maybe less aggressively silly than Metal Gear is. Oh, there's it's not silly at all. It takes itself very yeah. serious. <laughs> so, but uh, it's just very pretty movie. Um, and, uh, it is crazy just how much work they, if you, that you watch as usually is how much work they put into it. Uh, they don't hold, they don't hold anything back. They, the amount of like debris and destruction when like a bullet hits a thing, they, all the shattering debris flies off and it's just, it's 10 out of 10. So my relationship with Ghost in the Shell is, I'm going to say... I've I've not I've seen this movie one time. Okay, and it's some of the earliest anime I've ever seen um, in my life. Uh, I probably saw this around the time I was seeing like Inuyasha on Adult Swim. Yeah, let's say, and it didn't land for me at the time. Oh, um, I mean, I came away from it going, "This looks kind of cool," but I didn't I didn't really like it. And that that is not surprising for Ghost in the Shell because, like I said, it can be dense politics stuff sometimes, but. It, yeah, so this is me around like fourteen, probably. Yeah. But um, I haven't seen it since then. I would be curious to see. Maybe I should watch this movie again at some point because I'm curious to see. I've had more exposure to, let's say, good anime mm-hmm. since then. Because there's a lot of, a lot, a lot of a good portion. Of some of that '90s anime, I was like, oh boy, <laughs> um, you know, Inuyasha, not terrible, yep. but not great. Um, and uh, you know, maybe maybe I'd have more of a, an appreciation for it now. So Josh, I would say some of the I know the the more zany wackiness that is lost on you for some anime is none of that's here. <laughs> Ghost that's of the good. Shell is a very serious plot. It is politics. It is um, also very violence heavy. Um, when they when they blow a person up, they blow them up. You see everything. Uh, it's just a, just one of those adult animation movies where it's just like no, this is animation. This is premium premium animation aimed for adults but not in that weird pervy stuff it's just crazy cool explosions and robots love it i won't say there's none of the weird pervy stuff in there because this movie is kind of there's some horny stuff in this movie uh, I, I mean sexualization I, I, of makoto let's say um, I, so having just rewatched it it's just that like you're right she's naked a bunch but like i it just you know it, and that's kind of the interesting thing is that the movie goes through and you're, it's re-asking is like is she actually naked though? She's not even human. Like this is all sure. You know, it's 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 thoughtful about it in in a way that a lot of anime of the time certainly when it did delve into the the horny or fan service sometimes stuff, certainly was not thoughtful. 
No. No, no, no. So. My experience with anime is not a ton of watching. Mm-hmm. There's a few that I've I've gotten into. Like I I was definitely into Naruto probably oh, really? about two thousand and four. Um before before it was actually dubbed. I, I think at that point it it was all just uh captions, which I was yeah, Nar- fine with. Naruto starts like two thousand one, I think, right? So that was yeah, right around two thousand four right. was when my cousin who's a couple years older than me. I went out to California for a soccer tournament and he introduced me to this show and he's like, Oh, you're going to love it. Let me show you the, the, the show. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I watched tons of episodes during that very short time that I was in California. And I'm like, this is a great show. I'm going to watch all of this. And then Shippuden came out and I'm like, eh, I mean, this is pretty good, but I kind of lost interest to had other things going on. What about Boruto? Everyone's favorite anime. No. Everyone loves the Boruto. So all uh, the Chris tell tell Scott to watch Full Metal Alchemist. It it's a very great anime. It just it We talked about it on the show recently. Yeah, Full Metal Alchemist, it slaps. It goes exactly for the story it's trying to tell you and you just buckle up cuz it's telling its thing. I feel like it's that's an easier more- sell than the other anime I like a bunch uh which is an especially popular one, which is Dragon Ball Z. Maybe you've heard of that. Uh, it mm. is much shorter than Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, much less ask there. But my... I already have interest, and I've already watched much of Dragon Ball Z. I've probably watched all of, at least the first few arcs of Dragon Ball Z. Especially if you consider re-watching again through Abridged, uh, for DBZ Abridged, which is Oh, are you an Abridged hilarious. guy? Well, some of the... Uh, it's not really abridged, right? I, have you seen the DVD? Oh yeah, no, yeah, we okay, uh, yeah. we've watched it a couple times. I'm actually watching their or, commentaries right now. Or anyways. Yu-Gi-Oh abridged? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, there's some pretty funny ones in there. So, but DBZ, like I I've watched DBZ, so I probably would sure. have no trouble going back through that. Full Metal Alchemist is one I'm at least familiar with, and I would say if I was going to watch one, it's probably on my short list of of options to watch. I can tell you, I never really got into Bleach. Yeah, uh, I wasn't a not one that either. I liked. Uh, Inuyasha, like you said, didn't really watch that one. Um, it's I mean, not I great. If Pokemon counts, sure. Pokemon's there's a lot. Anime? There's Absolutely. a lot of super kiddie ones that I got into. Right, Pokemon, mm-hmm. um, Captor Sakura, Monster Rancher. <laughs> That's what my life loves. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, of course. Digimon. Yep. Uh, all, all of like that family of of animes, I guess, and then. Beyond that, I mean, I would not say there's a ton um, that I I have consumed. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's. I'm not anti anime. I just never really got into it. That's fair. I mean, hey, it not it doesn't land for everybody. Uh, the thing I will say best, but for I I will watch Ghost in the Shell. I will it, watch it. It's a very. I mean, it's also how easy to get to. It's free on YouTube. But uh, it's a very exactly. interesting movie in the sense that like. Just understanding how much work and time went into these animation for this stuff is it, it's interesting enough for me. But also, it's a very uh, dark dystopian view on future yeah. for politics and humanity okay and that. stuff like that. So it's 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 interesting in that regard. 
Well, I've yeah, watched I, yeah, the Super I, Mario I, Brothers movie, and I feel like that's also a dark dystopian view on the future. I've not seen it yet. Future. I've, I've also seen. seen uh, no, we're it, talking about we're talking about 1993. Back oh. to the Future Oof. Two. Or uh, yeah, is that the one where? Yeah, that's back. That's one they go. Okay, so they actually go into the future, and yeah, okay. I should rewatch that. I find memories dark dystopian. I I will add one other thing here because there are are a number of what um, what many people consider iconic anime movies or shows. Uh, My neighbor Totoro is not something I've seen either, and I feel like I I do a disservice to. I'll I'll be honest. There's better Studio Ghibli. Yeah, Totoro's over. I Totoro's overrated. I, it's uh, cute. That's yeah. about all it's got going on. It's it's it is a pure whimsy movie. It, not and for if, my and money. And if you're there for that, you're probably gonna love it. Yeah, mm. and for my money, the pure whimsy. I think Spirit Away does kind of a better job. Oh, there's way more than pure whimsy in Spirit Away. Spirit Away is great. Never Never seen that either. Yeah. It is. That's what's. That's why it's good. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. Yeah. Ghost anyway. in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell. Uh, I think in the, in the reference to the remake stuff, the the worst part. <laughs> about the remake was honestly that they kept trying to show off that they had Scarlett Johansson in doing it. I was like, I sure what makes the questionable like, casting choice. Oh, not even all that just decide, but it's just their shot. So, the way they approach the shots for, um, introducing, introducing the character or like the action around her, the character, you know, right off the bat, you know, two things about Makoto when you jump in, She's got a visor on and she can see through cyberspace somehow. Okay, cool. Sure. And then she jumps off a building and turns invisible. And you're like, immediately, okay, who is this chick? What are her abilities? What can she do? And it's just, uh, they, they spend all the wrong shots, choices in the remake where they're focusing on the wrong things. So you're not really asking these questions yourself about the character. And it's just, I don't know. It does. It doesn't work. It just, I, the main, the hardest part about trying to make anime into live action is that you can't punch in and show on the face as easily as you just draw. Oh, here's the, what the face is doing during the combat, and then you just you right. know move out to the other thing. It's so hard to keep that energy and that you know that focus when like is happening. So you gotta have your close up on Goku's face when he does a kamehameha. I mean, and many different angles. How else will you know? Yep. I yeah, I have not watched that seconds. remake, and I doubt I will because I've, I've not, heard nothing good about it. I I didn't finish it. Oh wow! Okay, I down, gave it a shot. Thumbs down. Thumbs down for Chris on the remake. It, so like, it's a visually pretty movie, and like, it's clearly tried. It it's just it it's like when you try and remake something that's this monumental or classic. Because Ghost in the Shell, when it came out, it's huge. It, you know, it has two TV shows after it. Now it's got another remake, and there's just it, it keeps going, but. When you try and remake a banger or something that nailed it, you're just asking to be let down. Maybe Go remake instead. Watch Battle Angel Alita. It's not bad. I've not watched it. I've heard. I've heard it's not bad though. Yeah, I heard people actually kind of like that one. Yeah, it's one. It's it one. Either. That one seems to be grown up people as it gets older. I know nothing of what you're talking about. Fair enough. Scott's not an anime man. I'm not really either, honestly. Your yeah. wife is an anime person. And oh yeah, absolutely. As a result, maybe you are by proxy sure all right well we we got through our top fours here finally um we were we're, we're chatty this week so that's fine <laughs> it's chris's fault 
Chris that's what has you get a lot of good stuff me. to say. That's yeah. a, but we, 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 we go longer. We have guests. That's just how it works. Um, but yeah, we're going to take our second break here and we're going to come back to quickly go through our five and fives and sixes, uh, any honorable mentions we might have, and then start arguing about what belongs on this official top 10 list. So stick around folks. This ad brought to you by Josh. Welcome back, everyone. If you made it this far, then you're probably enjoying yourself. It's probably just our newest addition to the team. Chris, welcome, Chris. Woo! <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, you're permanently on the podcast now. I hope you know. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> but Josh and I are unfortunately stepping away from the podcast. So really, it's officially yours now. Uh, congratulations. Yeah, you're you're, you're on luck. the hook. You know, this is actually what happened to my, uh, my current job where... They're like, hey, we're hiring you. And then, like, also, by hiring we, you, we mean you're taking this entire thing over. Goodbye. So, that is an yeah, unfortunate right. situation. It was a real eye-opener. Well, in either case, we're going to move on because it's depressing. And <laughs> <laughs> so for those that are still listening at this point and aren't sick of our humor, you should probably give us a rating or a review or refer a friend. Actually, I would like it if you referred a friend. Or That'd be great. If you don't like it, refer an enemy, because we're okay with that. They might like it. <laughs> hate, hate, listen to our podcast. We, we'll take it. We're, yes. we're not picky. It, if you look at the numbers, I believe hate listens count as normal listens. That's just, that's just a theory. Number go up. But either way, thank you for listening. We're going to go on to phase two. Right after we go through the rest of our list. So, Josh, number five for you. Go for it. Yeah, we're going to round out each of these lists here. So, we already talked about number my number six, which is Monty Python. So, my number five, I'll quickly go through here, is The Lion King, directed by Roger Allers and Rob Minkoff from Good 1994. Uh, this is the best Disney animated movie, period, in my opinion. Uh, very loosely based on Better the stories Better than Emperor's of- New Groove? I love Emperor's New Groove. We might hear a little bit about Emperor's New Groove in a second, but um, yeah, it's very loosely based on the stories of both Hamlet and Moses from the Bible. Um, Hamlet, not from the Bible. That's from Shakespeare. Um, but Moses movie... is from Shakespeare? No. Um, <laughs> this is the first movie that these two guys had ever directed, which is insane to me. Uh, really just incredibly good movie. Uh, re- very good cast here. We've got... Um, Jonathan Taylor Thomas as young Simba with Matthew Broderick as older Simba, Jeremy Irons as Scar, James Earl Jones as Mufasa, Nathan Lane as Timon, Ernie Sabella as Pumbaa, and then you've got the hyenas voiced by Whoopi Goldberg, Cheech Marin, and Jim Cummings, who you may know as the voice of Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Pretty incredible. Uh, Oh, I never put that together until just now. Oh, Jim Cummings is everywhere. Yeah. Maybe most notable Winnie the Pooh. Um, some of the best music in a Disney movie, in my opinion, you've got Circle of Life, Hakuna Matata, Just Can't Wait to Be mm. King, Can You yeah. Feel the Love Tonight, all absolute bangers. Yep. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it is estimated to have sold 74 million tickets in the United States alone, uh, was inducted into the Library of Congress in 2016, and then, uh, of course, went on to spawn that wildly popular stage show that ran for a lot of years, might still be running, I don't know. I haven't seen it, but boy, people sure love it. Um, and then we and then we don't talk about the live quote unquote live action remake. Yeah, this movie was everywhere when we were kids. Just oh, like yeah. 
Right. It, it, you could not avoid this movie. If I saw this in theaters, I don't remember because the movie came out when I was four. Yeah. Um, but I do remember seeing it certainly, you know, within the next year of that, probably. Yep. There was a period of time where this was my favorite movie as a kid. And it's a good it's one. Incredible. It's a classic. Of course, the video game was amazing. I, I <laughs> Very loved hard. it. I had it on Sega Genesis. Oh, oh I a intended. great game. That was one of those games that you, I rented, and I was like, what is this crap? <laughs> this is really hard. Yeah, this is the brutal. Stupid giraffes tilt their heads, and uh-huh. you fall off of them. Or like the, uh, the stampede segment. Yeah, or like you're trying to clutch little rocks on the waterfall as you're trying to jump up and it's like you barely miss it and you're like falling all the way back down and gotta try to start over you're like "Mm, okay it's pretty good but yeah that's my number five um then i have honorable mentions here we already mentioned um of course office space and muppet christmas carol and batman mask of the phantasm uh, all other things that just couldn't quite could make the cut for me. Uh, what we do in the shadows is a movie I love. Uh, the Emperor's New Groove, as we mentioned before. Uh, maybe you've heard of Shrek. I love Shrek. Uh, Tarzan. Disney Tarzan's very good. Chicken Run. They just announced a sequel to, which I am okay with. Hope it's good. I love that first movie. How uh, Kung Fu Kung Fu Panda is is quite good. Uh, the Iron Giant, a movie I dearly love. Uh, Halloween. Uh, all the Evil Dead trilogy movies are uh, are under 90. Uh, Cl- the original Cloverfield. Say, Josh, uh, if you keep going through every movie that was under 90 minutes, you're not going to leave anything left for me on my list. I'm almost done. Uh, <laughs> our last, last one I have here to mention is uh, Attack the Block. Wow, nice. I've not seen I that. I enjoy that. It's really good. It's, I didn't like, mention all of mine. Low budget. Low budget action thing, and you'll, uh, but it, the effects hold up really well. They're very simple, and it works really well. I have not seen it. I, I hear it's up my. I would be up my alley. I just yeah, you'd, you'd love it. it. Yeah. You'd love it for sure. And then, very last thing I have to mention is my one dishonorable mention. I tried to think of more, but um, didn't come up with any. Uh, it's the it's the Matthew Broderick Inspector Gadget movie because that movie is dog shit. <laughs> yeah. You only brought that up because I brought it up to you. I was going oh, through this. I, I had I'm already like, thought it. I had already. Oh, this thought is of like it. What, what is the runtime on this? Like an hour sixteen or something? I'm like, yeah, it's really yeah, it's short. so short. They knew it was terrible, <laughs> and then they made another one. It didn't stop me from watching it. Of course, I, I, I love the TV show. How could you not go? Sure. So you're like, oh, it's sure. Inspector yeah. Gadget. It's going to be awesome. And that was one of my first realizations of. It's maybe not. maybe live action is not the answer to animated movies or shows. They're frequently not good, but hey, Disney hasn't learned that lesson yet. <laughs> um, all right, well, that's what I got for my remaining items. Chris, why don't you go next? Sure, sure. Uh, you hit my number five, which was Iron Giant. Great uh, movie. Spoiler: I got a lot of animation in mine. Big shock sure. there. Um. Not animated though. My number six is uh, Don John with a uh, with Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I think it's a very interesting movie, especially with the current, uh, you know, very angry men culture that we are experiencing with some popular people who post and push very just aggressive and angry, uh, you know, rhetoric towards people just it's awful but this movie has a really critical look on that wait Uh, why are the men angry 
Oh, like the Andrew Tates and this this those kind of mm. people who were the, mm. the misogyny and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, Don John Real bags. Yeah, Don John takes a look, takes a look at that. Um, I don't have the year it came up here. I forgot. Like two thousand thirteen ish. I want to yeah, say. Yeah, but it, it's surprisingly hits on all those things that we're kind of experiencing today. Um, dead on twenty thirteen. Bam. Nice. Very nice. But yeah, it's a very interesting movie. It's a, a guy who thinks he's the shit and uh is you know your typical dude bro you know hitting the club working out a bunch porn blah 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 cycle 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 meets this girl thinks it's going great and then she starts changing them and all this other stuff and trying to make him to the best version of it It just it's it goes into you know expectations it's really interesting that way so Hmm. I do like Joseph, Joseph Gordon Lovett. Yeah, honestly, I went to that movie not expecting anything, and I walked away going, "Wow, that's pretty good." So, and then uh, my number seven, Toy Story. Uh, number eight is Tucker and Dale versus Evil. It's an amazing horror movie with Alan Tudyk, and that's all you need to know. You should go watch it. It's I a, did watch it's it. very good. I never got around to watching it. It's a sleeper, man. It's a good one. I uh, did yeah. not like this movie. Not that wow, much. Okay. I I saw it and I thought, you know what? I I hate all these stupid little coincidences that are just teeing up perfectly. Like something about it felt off to me, mm-hmm. and it, it just yeah irked me the wrong way. Probably I think never you're the first person I've ever met who has said something bad about this movie. It's not bad. Just like underwhelming. I don't know. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, it's a horror comedy. It's great. And then my uh, number nine is Zombieland, which I was just kind of surprised it was. I, I remember that movie being longer in my head. And uh, yeah, I that that should be on my honorable mentions list. I don't know where that went, but yeah. it was on my was, top six at one point and it got bumped off. Same. I deleted it. it. Also got bumped. It uh, it was huge when it came out and, it, you know, you got a sequel, but it just uh, it's a, one of those movies that it clips, man. It hears your premise. You're moving, going, going. It just. That's the best part. Is just the whole. It just you can get through this good really cast. quickly. Yeah, yeah. That, that Bill Murray bit is my it's, favorite cameo of all. Oh, time. fantastic! Yeah, Jesse Eisenberg still pretty tolerable you in know, that movie. I think the most interesting thing I'm I'm seeing as we're looking at all these lists come together. A lot of movies um, before the 2000s, which was what I was kind of expecting to see here. Sure. Uh, Post 2000, man, movies got longer. I don't know they what sure that did. says, but they sure did. Especially and, uh, like post 2010s. Yeah. But with how short all these movies are in comparison to current movies that we see, how quotable are most most of these movies, right? Oh, yeah. It's crazy. True story. So, yeah, what do you got for uh, any other honorable mentions, Chris? Nope, that's the whole list for me. All right. Uh, let me hold on. Let me make sure I missed my safe thing. Uh, I did Cloverfield. I was, uh, I, I was way yeah. into that when it came out, but uh, I've not I remember seen you saying it in so that. long. Yeah. Found 10 Cloverfield Lane. Lane. Now, that's a movie. Also longer than 90 minutes. I do like monster movies in general. And Cloverfield was I I liked it a lot. I yeah, it really it's good. good. Oh, and uh, Muppets from Space because I could only have one Muppets and I chose Nostalgia. Yeah, I I you chose right. I also love Muppets from Space. Uh, Muppets from Space, I believe, is the first Muppets thing I ever saw. It's a great one. What a movie! Hmm. I'm trying to think of the last time I actually watched that movie. We watched Muppet Christmas Carol, Muppet Treasure Island. I do like Muppet Treasure um, Island. Another good one. The Muppet Take Manhattan. Muppet Take Manhattan. Yeah. Great Muppet Caper. Yep. Hmm. Almost all the Muppet movies are good. 
The that Great Muppet Caper is the Tina Fey one, right? No, but Great Muppet Caper is like old. Oh, old one. Yeah. What's the? That's yeah, like the Mu- Muppet one, Most Wanted. Is that what I'm thinking of? Yes, I believe yeah. that's correct. I just saw that like two months ago, with first time yeah. ever. The real question is, when are they going to make another Muppet movie, and will it be The Great Gatsby? Yeah, I don't think so. Really, I mean, uh, I'd, I'd maybe a little it. darker than it, the Muppets usually would go. It you entered can, you the public realm. Yeah. But also, The Great Gatsby sucks. Yeah, I know. That's why. So, anyway, as we covered on the podcast before. Well, Scott, uh, let's let's round out your items here. So, my number five is Stand By Me. I'm kind of surprised neither one of you had this movie. I've never watched it. I've heard it's good. I've never seen it. very good. Directed by Rob Reiner. I mean, all-star cast, right? These four Mm -hmm. Oregon boys. It's Will Wheaton, Jerry O'Connell, River Phoenix, and Corey Feldman, right? So, four huge actors at the i mean well they be they all went on to continue acting so well maybe not river <laughs> rest in peace a lot of big names uh, r.i.p so anyway uh the, the premise of the movie after learning that a stranger has been accidentally killed near their home four boys decide to go see the body and on the way they encounter a mean junk man a marsh full of leeches uh they also learn more about one another and how different their home lives are and you know it's it, it's like an evolving tale of growth and adventure and it, it just becomes an evol uh, a, a defining moment in their entire lives and yeah it's uh the the movie itself is just very good the way it's portrayed it, it is a coming of age type story and I think so, I was seventh or eighth classic. grade first time I watched it. Oh yeah, it's it's like, it's like the classic coming of age tale. It really is, and I think it it probably spawned imitators as well uh, based on it. But it's it's just a really really good movie, and I I thought it was an easy addition to my list because it was probably one of the more serious movies that I think could have been on my list. So, yep, definitely recommend. Josh, you haven't seen it, you definitely should. You'll see why it's such a an important movie, I think, for that era. Free so. Star Trek, Will Wheaton. That's right. Probably why he got the role on Star Trek. Probably. Yeah. It's actually a good point. My number six is Evil Dead. I know Chris just mentioned it. Uh, the first one, really. Yeah, I, I really like the first one. Interesting. It's, it's what got me usually, into... Usually the second one is what you hear people... Okay, so the second one is incredible, but the first yep. one is what really got me into the entire universe. I, had okay. se- I hadn't seen the first one prior to the second one coming out. I, su- I came late to the Evil Dead. So I watched the first one, and I was like, this is great. Like, I don't usually like horror movies. Evil Dead was different. I really liked Evil Dead. And, you know, of course, Raimi uh, shot it here in Michigan. Pretty, uh, pretty cool. Um, and I recently, yeah. First one of those I saw was Army of Darkness. Same. Interesting. Good movie. This is a good movie. Maybe I should go back and watch these movies. Uh, The reason I bring it up, um, Evil Dead Rises in theaters right now, and I just took the kids to see it. Um... The Even the little boys. ones? Wow, that seems yeah. like a bold. Oh, yeah, you know, my little kids, you know, they, they're under five. They should probably go see an R movie. And, but, no, it really, it was my older two boys. They both wanted to see it, and they took some friends with them, and 
they all had a good time. They enjoyed it. It wasn't bad. It was just okay, I think, as far as Evil Dead was concerned. I, yeah, because Bruce Campbell's not in these new ones, right? No, well, he has a, a voice cameo in this one, oh, but okay. no, he's not really in this. It's a very brief voice cameo. I've not seen the new ones either, but I heard pretty good things about that first one. Well, anyway, don't go, don't go see the remake, or don't watch the remake. It's, it's bad. Um, beyond that, my honorable mentions, we've already gone through a number of these. Muppet Christmas Carol, Lion King, Emperor's New Groove, This is Spinal Tap, Black Dynamite. Uh, we have South Park. We have Zombieland. Three Ninjas I mentioned before. <laughs> Fantastic movie. It's like I wanted to be each of the different brothers of the three ninjas at a different time. Mm-hmm. Like it just, you know, Tum Tum loves to eat. Rocky loves Emily. He gets all the girls. I'm like, ah, oh, he's so cool. And then Colt is like, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't care, whatever. Like, I don't know. Anyway, this is a good, good movie. I really like it. Of course, it goes into that whole Scott wants to be a ninja thing. So, uh, anyway, uh, Stan Brandt. Couple more here. We got Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, also fantastic. The King of Kong, Fistful of Quarters. I, this is the second time this documentary has come up on this podcast. We might have to do a top 10 documentaries at some point. Maybe. That that one's great. Uh, Homeward Bound. I'm sure, Josh, if you haven't seen this movie, you oh, could yeah, mention it, it to your wife, and she'd I've be like, it. we're watching this movie. So, uh, Like, my grandma had that on VHS, so I've seen it a lot of times. This was a VHS that got a lot of play at my house. Uh, Space Jam is another one. Another just dumb movie, but as a kid, you're like, I love the Looney Tunes, and I know oh, yeah. who Michael Jordan is, and Bill Murray's hilarious, and this movie's awesome. I love that Come movie. on and slam. And welcome Take to the jam. the jam. Last one I'm going to mention here, because I think it's still relevant, and people talk about it, but if only because there are movies that are made that are identical copies of it, and then turned into three-dimensional blue people, we have Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest. <laughs> nice. Fern Gully's all right. It's a pretty good movie. It's one, hey. definitely one of my childhood movies. Oh, yeah. Fern Gully was good enough, it became, uh, you know, Avatar. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. James Cameron was inspired. He really was. Jimmy Cam. So I think that's, yeah, I think that's all of my honorable mentions, so we should probably all get right. down to the, uh, the top ten. Yeah. So on we we have a shared Google Doc here that we use to kind of help us sort through uh, this ranking here. We're making a list of 10. We have 11 items from our top fours, minus the one duplicate there for it would have been 12. Um, so I have moved all of those over. We have going into this list, I'm just going to run them down here. Airplane, Black Dynamite, This is Spinal Tap, Toy Story, Monty Python, The Holy Grail, Surf Ninjas. Office Space, Ghost in the Shell, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, South Park Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, and Muppet Christmas Carol. We have, uh, we have to cut one of these. It's true. We don't have to decide that to an honorary we number do eleven. We don't have to cut it right away. Now a fit. Now, uh, could should we decide? Does a number? Could one of the number five or sixes come up from the other list to 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 snag a spot on the top ten list? Maybe. I don't think we've ever done it, but the the option's always there. Hmm. I, don't I think, think I don't think my number five and six can compete with these, so I'm yeah. gonna say no. I I think Lion King could, but anyways, Lion King's very good. Um, I think Airplane has to make the list. 
Well, I agree. I mean, that's obvious. I'm I'm it's I'm going to move four, airplane. Or maybe we don't rank it yet, but I'm going to move airplane from the what potential list over to definitely going to be on the list. Um, I think Monty Python, same story. Sure, it's on yeah, your that. it's on your list. It's on my list. I think. Uh. Mask of the Phantasm should definitely be on the list. Oh, see, agreed. I, see, I haven't seen list, it. Chris. It's uh, you know, I didn't didn't quite make the cut for me, but is dearly beloved by me, and um, and obviously made your cut, Chris. So I'm I'm gonna move that over. All right, put South Park on there as well, then. Sure. Yep, that can make it. Um, okay. I'm going to make a strong suggestion immediately. Muppet Christmas Carol, I think it's a strong choice for number 10. Made my honorable mention, made Josh's honorable mention, made Chris's list. It's a really good movie. I just don't know that it's better than some of these other movies. Yeah, I could I could totally see that. Chris, is that your number four? How do you mm-hmm. feel about it? Slotting that in it right at 10. I think that works. Yeah. Yeah, I we think it makes it the list have for to sure. Stay I don't there, think we could. But I think that's where it starts. All right, Muppet Christmas Carol, tentatively at number ten. That's our first, uh, first placement here. Uh, what? Hey, I think we should cut Surf Ninjas. Yeah, I'm with that. What? Sorry. No, hell no. <laughs> Ghost in the Shell. I've not even seen this. Right? I, uh-huh. Why would I put an anime on there that I haven't even seen? Can Ghost I ask in the a, Shell? Can I ask a question real quick? Uh-huh. Has there ever been a Surf Ninjas TV show? Can I ask you a question? Sure. Does sure. that matter? I mean, cultural impact. We're not talking. We did about cultural, cultural impact, impact last week. That was our last episode. This We're, is just best. Well, I w- surf ninjas I, is an important part of my childhood, and if it doesn't make this list, I'm quitting the podcast. How about that? Well, well. you guys did say you were going to take a break from the podcast, so <laughs> it does work out. Damn. Um, well, let's let's keep talking. Let's keep talking around here. I, I'm going to say my earmark for for the elimination of surf ninjas. Um, but, um, Hot take, I, Toy Story, not that good. What? Whoa. What are you talking Fighting about? Words. Toy Story, as far as movies are concerned, doesn't hold up. And I, I think would, you're wildly wrong. What? I would say Toy Story is just okay. You, you think Toy Story is a worse movie than Surf Ninjas? Yes, absolutely. What? As far, oh, as, God. as, far as my own personal enjoyment, yes, definitely. This is wild. Okay. Especially right now. Oh, man. Toy Story in general, like, I remember as I was going through, I'm like, oh, Toy Story's under. I'm like, eh, Toy Story, eh. See, like it, can... Here's the, here's the, I do agree with Scott's point to a degree that you're right. Toy Story 1, in comparison to all the other Toy Stories and Pixar movies, which they then later did better, it's only okay. You are correct. But still, mm-hmm. as a movie... Disagree. On, I think... I, I said earlier, uh, I Story, think it's a top five... I think it's a top five it's Pixar good. movie still. It's good. Toy Story 2 and 3 are way better than it, in my opinion. That's just... I think 2 is better, certainly. I would yeah. put 3, like, around the same enjoyment for me yeah. as Toy Story 1. But Toy Story mm. on its own, as a movie... It's so fucking good. It's yeah, Monsters, tight. Monsters it's Inc. A, is up there. I mean, Monsters Inc. is number one. Two is definitely up there. Incredibles yeah. two is not up in top. No, five it definitely me. is up. Incredibles there. Incredibles one is top five. It's Toy Story two is me. up there. Probably Cars, for me. 
Wally what? is definitely we're getting, hard. We're getting distracted with a different list here, though. Anyway, yeah. anyway, I think Black Dynamite should make the list because we all like it. Are we comfortable with that? Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, all right. All right, Black Dynamite, moving over to going to be on the list. I would say something similar with This is Spinal Tap. Coco's We great. all enjoy that movie a bunch. I, I have to be 100% honest with you here, boys. Uh-huh. I've not fully seen This is Spinal Tap. I've only ever seen parts of it. Okay. Did you like those parts? <laughs> it's okay. Not bad. Uh, okay. If I'm putting if movie. I'm putting this is Spinal Tap on the list, I'm putting it lower on the list. I I think it's fine. It made my honorable mentions. I I don't remember the quotes as well, and so for that perspective, I'm like, uh, not everything's quotes. Not everything needs to be quotes. No, but um, if going up to eleven is like the only thing it really has going for. Oh, it's not the only thing, but it's certainly it's like not. the biggest thing that it has going. Like for I don't think I don't think know. the Lion King is that quotable of a movie, but that doesn't denigrate the movie. The Lion King's pretty quotable. It's some, you know. Uh, Kuna Chris, Lion. I it's pretty quotable. I don't. I don't have the love for Ghost in the Shell that you do, Chris. Sure. But I think it is. I will fight a, tooth and nail to get Ghost in the Shell on this list. I, th- I, I, I think in terms of it is an important movie, certainly. Mm-hmm. And I think it's better than Surf Ninjas. <laughs> I, I, the argument I'm going to make is that Ghost in the Shell, from a technical standpoint of like actual amount of work gone into it, is the best thing on this list. It is so much work and effort goes into the animation of this movie. When you just when you realize just how much effort it, they did to draw it all, I think it's got to get some respect just from that alone. I would yeah, sacrifice I like Office the... Space before I would let Surf Ninjas off this list. I'm fine with that. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Because <laughs> I just I think Office Space is pretty good. I don't think it's great. I th- also feel like it's only pretty good. And I have I haven't. Watch Surf Ninjas. Yeah, it does I. have Rob Schneider Surf in it, Ninjas. and that is enough to make me go. He's not the main Boy, character, I and he's not—he's not in his normal Rob Schneider fashion. This is like it's before him just he being was a, Schneider. He this was, was just him a guy just trying being to make, an actor, yeah. a, like a actually decent comedic relief actor. If you want, I I will accept the sacrifice of office space for Surf Ninjas. Nah, fine with me. But Surf Ninjas should be number ten then. Nine. <laughs> I don't think it's better. I don't think it's better than Muppet Christmas Carol. It's more important to me than Muppet Christmas Carol. That's fair. But this is a this is a unified list across three people. I feel like Chris was a ninja in his childhood. Oh, absolutely. Chris, do you love Three Ninjas? Is that a- uh, I have, I have a very soft spot with Three Ninjas. I rewatched one of them recently uh by proxy as a fr- uh, mutual friend was watching it and boy the parts of the didn't age like i remember but it was still very enjoyable three ninjas is under 90 minutes do we want to cut surf ninjas <laughs> no three ninjas in instead no i i, I no. don't feel like surf ninjas is going anywhere what i am telling you <laughs> is that your love for three ninjas oh I'll can give this be, movie a shot. Can be transferred and equated in a very similar fashion as Surf Ninjas. What the same things that you enjoy about Three Ninjas are the reasons that you will like Surf Ninja. I, I'll happily watch it, but uh, I can't. I can't give it any undue props on, li- on this list, though. You know, Chris. I, I what I'm going to say to you here is, you are the Bastion that is going to have to really fight for Muppet Christmas Carol 
and defeat surf ninjas because i think it's you know i haven't seen surf ninjas sure but i i love several of her muppet movies more than muppet christmas carol so while i do like that movie quite a bit it's it it isn't like a movie i want to die for you know oh yeah i'll i'll i i know i'm i got the fists up i'll fight so are are, are we still just trying to discuss if i feel like office space is out right oh, so yeah we, we're, we're cutting office space i think that's the deal right yeah so we've got our 10 here and then we gotta start we got our 10 so I'm, now the, the question is surf ninjas versus uh muppet christmas carol at 9 10 i'm willing I, to concede that, surf ninjas to 10 uh-huh. if if monty python is number one wow uh, uh, i don't know about that wow i love monty python don't get me wrong holy grail incredible movie under 90 minutes i would watch it every opportunity i got and i have watched yeah, it yeah i don't even this year as much as i want to secure a better spot from up at christmas carol i can't agree to this mask of the phantasm is really good it's not better than than holy grail but it's like really close there for me it's true um from, it's an from Chris's amazing list movie um and Okay, how about this? Surf Ninjas 10, Muppet 9, Batman 7, Spinal Tap 8. Airplane and Black Dynamite have to be top four, then. Black Dynamite, Airplane, top four. I could definitely see that. I'm well, not gonna, I guess... I'm not going to put them in a specific place yet, but I would say if we're going to make that trade, if, 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 if this is Spinal Tap sinks to eight... Those two have to be top four. Mm, then Toy Story's got to be pretty low. Like a, yeah, where would you even... put Toy Story then? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, not, I'm not fighting for Toy Story at all. Oh, well, <laughs> Toy then, Story's on the to- list. It you can just be cut, cut Toy Story and put Office no, Space up. No, no. He's not it's fighting for it at all. He's already said he doesn't care about it's it. It's on so the list. On that's what I, it's on the list and it's above Surf Ninjas. That's what I care about. <laughs> yeah, I would put office space above toy story like pretty handily no way pretty handily it just do you know how much work toy story is (laughs) like i don't care how much work it was because the the cult classic that is office space is way office space is like a b plus toy story is an a plus movie Uh, it's it's an a minus maybe i don't know toy story is universally loved that doesn't make it amazing Kind of does. I th- I think it's amazing. It means the, there's it, a lot of people with bad taste. Wow. Okay. Um. Come do you want Toy Story lower than Spinal Tap? Hmm. Because if you want to, if you want to push for that, I'm okay with that. No, I think Spinal Tap's lower. Okay. I'm gonna slot things in here. What what we just said. Spinal yeah, Tap at. I'll I'll bicker eight. as I as I. Um, and then what, what did we say was seven? Did we? I feel like Toy Story could be seven. Could be. I'm okay with that. I'm yep. going to put that in. Are we missing Toy Story something? seven? I think we're missing a movie. Aren't we? One, two, three, four. No, because Batman and South... It's just gone. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay. There we go. Well, South Park's got to be up there. Um, South, South Park's a top four for sure. No way. No yeah. way. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean... And the in the right list, I would agree. It wasn't even on your list, Scott. So but it's not on your list either. This is yeah. where we are now. This is 
I, I th- as far I as remaining it. movies are concerned, I don't care about Ghost in the Shell. I haven't seen Batman. I love Monty Python, and you've already said that you're not willing to concede that to number one. Black Dynamite, though, needs to go after Monty Python. I, I think, like, like South Park's behind Monty Python, of course. You know, not, not for me. Well, Monty Python's definitely higher than South Park for me. That's fair. Um, let's look at this. Let's look here. I mean, of the Can remaining we... ones, I think Ghost in the Shell needs to be six because I want I want Ghost in the Shell at five. Well, hold on, hold on. Sorry. Okay. Batman needs to be six. Ghost in the Shell five. I'm mm. I, I'm happy with this. Mm. Because then I think mm. it's South Park. Then I think it's Black Dynamite. Then I think it's Monty Python. Then my Airplanes, maybe yeah. number one. I agree with this, Scott. This works for me. Okay. Those aren't my movies. They were, I, I feel a little bit squeamy about Batman above or below South Park, but I can live with that. Um, it's good to have a musical up there. But it's not, it's, look, not my, it's not my movie. So. The musical makes us look cultured. We're great. Yeah, South Park, epitome of culture. Absolutely. Apparently, it's Trey Parker only directed. Matt Stone did not direct. Yeah, South Park. that was just Trey Parker, which I did yep. not know. Does that look right? I I think I can. Scott has moved the remaining items in the list here into place. Um, I think I can live with this. Chris, are you amenable? I got Ghost in the Shell to five with you guys, and I'm. That's a victory here. All right, and I'm going to write I've it agreed down. that I am going to watch it. I that's I true. hope you weren't disappointed. Uh, I'm going to run 10 to 1 here. Here yep. is our official list, what we have agreed on. Well, honorary number 11 of Office Space, directed by Mike Judge. Uh, number 10, Somehow Surf Ninjas is on the list, directed <laughs> by Neil Israel. Um, number 9, The Muppet Christmas Carol, directed by Brian Henson. Number 8 is This Is Spinal Tap, directed by Rob Reiner. Number 7, Toy Story, directed by John Lasseter. Number 6 is Batman Mask of the Phantasm, directed by Bruce Tim and Eric Radomski. Number five, A Ghost in the Shell from Mamoru Oshii. Number four, South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut by Trey Parker. Number three, Black Dynamite from Scott Sanders. Number two, Monty Python, The Holy Grail, directed by Terry Gilliam and Terry Jones. And the number one best movie under 90 minutes of all time is Airplane, directed by Jim Abrahams, Jerry Zucker, and David Zucker. I think I'll I'll sign off on that. Airplane is a classic. I love it so much. Did have it at number four. Also, hey, comedy, you, comedy movies used to be better, guys. Well, these would be shorter, that's for sure, too. That's true. I, I, I think it, the, the best part about this for me is seeing just how many movies before the 2000s were under, under uh, hour 30 or under, and now just that is not a thing anymore. Yeah, our, our our latest movie on here is definitely Black Dynamite at 2009, but that is directly evoking, yep. parodying a specific 70s thing, you know. Um, do we have, what's our most recent movie before that? 99? South Park. Yeah. No, it's 99 Office Space in South Park, whichever one of those came out later. Yeah, still, it's pre-2000. Yep. I don't know what it is, but after... Uh... After two thousands, we were just like, no, nah, everyone just sit in the theater longer. And Josh, they buy more. They buy more uh, concessions. Josh <laughs> named a few. No, they not really. But you get free, <laughs> free refills on popcorn and stuff these days. Sure. So, well, then they're gonna buy the bigger, more expensive one. Josh named to get the free refill. a few uh, 
other movies, comedy classics that are all pre-2000 as well. I think Napoleon Dynamite might have been the only movie that we mentioned that was even post-2000. Um, uh, I'm for the the list, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I had uh, I had Don John on there. That's uh, oh yeah, Don John was the last one I didn't fill, and that's 2013. Yep. I stand corrected. Well, yeah, we did Planes, it. Planes, trains, automobiles. Another... Yeah, that's not that's longer than 90 minutes. But I know, is, but that is a it is a great movie. Oh yeah, God, I love that movie. First that's baby come out sideways. She didn't scream or nothing. <laughs> Uh, such a good movie. All I right, like, I like when he's blowing up on the uh, the lady at the front desk. He's, he, how many times did he say the f word? It's a lot of times. It's a lot. My mom muted that that scene when we watched it the first time when I was a kid. That's funny. that checks out. Yeah, you and your Christian upbringing. No, <laughs> it's a miracle my parents let me watch that movie at like twelve years old in the first place. Mm. You're not wrong. One of these times. But they, they also love it, so. Okay, well, you know what? I think that's that's a podcast, right? I mean, Yeah, we did it. We did yeah, it? I thought okay. the bickering was going to take longer. Well, hey. It, it varies. Sometimes it goes, we went a long time last week, and other times not as much. Sometimes it's really quick. You, know, you never know. Well, in that case, you know, thanks for taking the time to listen to us argue. And we, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Our next episode will be posted, of course, two weeks from now. And we're just going to keep that schedule because I think it's the most convenient for everyone. Josh, do you want to uh, inform the people of our new our new next episode topic? Yeah, uh, so we previously had done uh, one of our ranking of kind of the other format where we ranked all the top 30 um, money-making movies. Um. We this time we're going to do another ranking of and we're going to rank every enemy from the video game Super Mario World uh, from the SNES. Approximately, yeah, Super Nintendo. I believe there's approximately 60 of them and we're going to rank them all. Oh, nice. I think it's going to go pretty quick, though, considering there's a lot of stylistic repeats across them. So it's sure, like sure. this one, this one, this one and this one, obviously all bunched together. Let's throw them here. OK, well, keep going. you can't you can't glump a, a you can't put a Goomba and a Galoomba together. They're completely well, there's different. no Goomba. There's no Goombas in the game. It's just Galoombas. That's right. Uh, that's the superior so. option, to be fair. Uh, but yeah, we uh, I'm excited for that one. Um, the, I think the ranking of was really fun last time. I think it'll be fun to do it again. It I look and plus here. it is. The greatest video game ever made. So that's true. I look forward to hear we're charging Chuck lands. Oh, he's gonna land pretty high. I, right <laughs> I, I I would say that's probably correct. Yes, I love him. I'm looking forward to it. You heard it here first, folks. Charging Chuck compa- confirmed first place on the list right now. I don't know. Top I don't spot. know about that. Whoa. Top spot very, very confirmed. Definitely 100%. not. One hundred percent. Not first place. I can say that. Scoop. Okay. Very scoop. confidently. Bold statements. There is one in particular that I'm thinking of that is going to be <laughs> difficult for any other ones to dethrone. I don't know who. I have no idea who you mean. I'm very interested to find out about this in a couple of weeks. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for coming on, Chris. It's been really fun. Yeah, yeah thanks for being do. here, Chris. I uh, I'm glad the topic worked out. I uh, I suggested this to Josh, and immediately it was just like, yeah, it's a great idea. And I was just like, oh hey, I thought of this. Here, this is for you. You could use this. Enjoy, man. So, and then we kidnapped you into running the podcast forever. So you know, 
<laughs> well, technically, we kidnapped Cameron during the same premise, so you yeah, can, and then he didn't show up the next week. Cameron. So you yeah, know, that's we had true. To oh, I just pull a Cameron. Going. You're gonna have to uh-huh. no, you're gonna have to get a hold of him so you guys can coordinate on when the next episode's gonna be recorded. Yeah, he's your co-host now, so go bug him. Yep. Oh no. So I guess with that being said, you've already decided, Charge and Chucks, you're number one for that episode. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. Official confirmed because he's running it. Now, now it all makes sense. Okay. All right. I got, hey, look at that. I'm uh, I'm one podcast ahead already. One in the can. Yeah, Let's go. Remarkable. <clears throat> wow. Look how prepared to spoil it. <laughs> I'm yeah. efficient. Thank L- you. Like we said, nothing uh, does does a top ten list better than by revealing your number one before you even get started. <laughs> Just uh, give up all the anticipation right off the bat. Just hey, this what this is it. This is my list. Alright, you yeah, still that's here? A, that's, the be- that's the best way <laughs> to do this sort of thing. Oh, always. Just get it over with. Yep. Alright, well, I'm gonna wrap it up here. I guess, until next time, I've been Scott. And I've been Josh. That's you, Chris. Oh, and I've been Chris. <laughs> oh, man. And remember, with a little practice, you can argue your way into a friendship by watching Surf Ninjas together. Take care, folks. No! Does anyone actually need a break? Yes, please wait. I know. So, you guys would not believe the drama that just happened with the NFL draft. Right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> we we had pick number six. We traded pick number six for pick number twelve, and I've got twenty four missed tw- missed tweets here because of all the shit that happened. Um. You and I follow very different people on Twitter. (laughs) I follow two people relevant to this, and they tweeted 24 times in the last, like, 15 minutes. It's a Um, lot of tweets. Well, it's draft night. Jameer Gibbs. I knew it. Talk about what we're what what we're doing on the show and everything, and then we'll actually dive into... Okay, segment one is... uh, we're going to talk about our top fours in detail. So we'll start with Scott, do Scott's top four, then we'll do your top four, Chris, and then we'll do mine, and then no, we'll no, just hold cycle on. Ref- through that. But No, no, let me rephrase, rephrase what Josh just said, because I think he misspoke. We're going to go to my number four, and then somebody yeah, else's sorry. number four. I did, I did then... misspeak. That's what I was curious. I was like, wow, you guys just give up the, you just give up the goods right off at the top of the No, 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 okay. no. Yes. Well, the Scott's number four, I misspoke. And then no, that makes much more sense. Scott. I, I was like, your number four. I was like, I'll be honest. That's very bold. I honestly would intrigue <laughs> me. Like, give me the hot this list. Is, and then I'm going to go. This is why we are not successful. <laughs> <laughs>